He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking I know you. I got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Welcome in, Mike Rutherford Show, Friday, May 13th. Happy Friday the 13th to you. We are coming to you live for the next three hours from the OG 1450 Big X Studios here in lovely, beautiful, scenic Jeffersonville, Indiana. The Magnolia, that's what people call it. The Nolia. We're here, Mike Rutherford, with Trevor Kelsey, uh, sporting a... What are you wearing today? Is, it a, is that a flyer shirt, flame shirt? What do you got? No, flyer. I should have put on the flames because they've got a clinching game, I think, tonight. I believe they do. Game, uh, they're up 3-2. Game, yeah, they're 3-2 with a game five. I don't think the Flyers are in the playoffs, are they? Don't think they are. Could yeah. be wrong about that. Don't think they are. I just grabbed the, the first shirt I saw, actually, when I was... That's yeah, about right. What, what are you going to do? Well, you, you're writing in the Rocking, national... Uh, 1980 national champion shirt right here. Oh, man. Feeling what? good. Must be nice to be skinny and be able to pick out old school shirts like that. <laughs> Feeling good. Uh, we're with you until 6 o'clock today. We will be talking all sorts of Cardinal sports as well as non-Cardinal sports stuff because what are you going to do? It's May 13th. we got plenty of stuff going on. Trevor, you are notoriously... <laughs> I don't know where this is even going to go, but okay. <laughs> you're notoriously... Like, you don't buy into... Like, you don't believe in aliens. You don't believe no. in ghosts. You don't no. get it. Do you make anything of Friday the 13th? I didn't. I literally realized it, what... A, 120 seconds ago, when right before we went on the air, I was like, I was putting the date into the the to, the uh, for the the save the audio program, and I was like, hey, it's the 13th, it's Friday. I didn't even put two and two together. Is there anything sort of out of the box, like off the beaten path that you do buy into, like something that is not like the occult, but something that is like NBA conspiracy? Well, I, I know you buy into that. Yeah, I'm thinking more of like, I don't even know. Like, I'm superstitious. Well, I'm not superstitious, well, but I'm a little stitious. This kind of falls in line with Friday the 13th stuff. I guess. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not one like, uh, I I hate when I'm playing Madden and my guy has like six carries for 66 yards. Like that time. Okay, that, yeah, that works. I'm like, all right, let me get this off. Let me get some kind of something off here because, no, my luck, this is the moment I have the heart attack or something. I mean. I buy into that. Uh, I mean, I'm not a, you know, step on the line, you know, back, crack and break your mother's back superstitious or. Okay. Poured salt, but there's a few of them, I guess. But you are a little stitious. I am a little stitious. There you yeah. go. We're gonna need the cough button today. I am. You have it now, man. I know. I get to. Use it. Can I try it out right here? Yeah, try sure it. it works? Yeah, I didn't hear. Did I mean, hear I, I heard you from the other room. I don't think that went over Beautiful. my mic, but yeah. I've been kind of. All I've been kind of making light of the pots uh, the last two days. I'm not gonna lie to you. Pots is kind of kicking my ass. Like this is <laughs> this is, uh, this is gonna be more of a thing than I think I, I originally thought. It's it's uh, the saltines, which I forgot today, but I've got salt in my water here. Um, I don't think they're gonna save the day quite as much. Like I'm I'm able to function. I'm here doing the show. I'm yeah. moving around and stuff. But it's uh, it, it's not fun. And then I've, I did the one thing that you can't do in these situations last night, where I stumbled upon 
like the POTS community on Reddit and spent like three hours going through their and it was wow you made me feel better about the way i spent my time last night dude it's, i mean it, it's unnerving how much of the stuff that people were talking about were exactly what i'm dealing with and then you start freaking yourself out because there are people who are dealing with i think a much more serious brand of pots than i am who are like debilitated they're like in wheelchairs and stuff and so i'm like right. it's like 3 a.m i'm freaking myself out i haven't slept at all it's terrible and of course virginia decides to wake up at 6 30 this morning and not go back to sleep so i'm functioning at a very low capacity today so expect the best for the next three hours is what i'm trying to say um, you, you, it's such it is, can be a serious disease but yet I, every time you say that you're just like i've got pots, pots. I just, yeah i just heroically <laughs> battling pots there's just no way to paint it it's like it's sort of like lupus like i <laughs> I know it's a serious thing. I know it's bad, but when you say you're fighting lupus, I'm just like, yeah, it's it lupus. just sounds funny, right? I mean, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I've got lupus. Um, so yeah, what's the other one? What's the one that turns your um, like parts of your face orange? Spray tan? No. Um, Trump? What am I thinking of? Um, is it gout? Well, I've had gout. Is that what I'm thinking of? Gout is when like you're you're you get it's like a it's like getting turf toe like you can't put pressure on like when on your on part of your feet uh in the front of your foot. Well, that's not what I'm thinking of. And that's yeah, jaundice, I, jaundice. I don't remember jaundice. Jaundice is the one where I'm like every time somebody brings it up, I'm like I'm sure it's actually like it sucks, but when you say you've got jaundice, like I I'm, you know, I, can't, I don't take it that seriously. I'm sorry, it's my fault. Here you go. I'm cough again. I don't know. My mind goes to the the scene. I know. I think you've seen the movie Waiting, but the the scene when they're just kind of doing the tour of the tables and the guys are talking. He's like, "You know, name I find pretty chlamydia. I think I could name my daughter chlamydia." <laughs> it does kind of. It has a flow. To it's it. kind of like he's like. It's. I think it's a pretty cool name. I think Tolkien would agree. It, uh, it just has a, a nice feel to it. We've got to. Uh, there's really not a whole lot going on in the world of Cardinal sports today, which is a no, great way to start. We got baseball today, though. Don't we've we? We got baseball going on right now, which is a. Well, I know the weather has kind of affected the game, but it's a huge. Huge series for the Louisville baseball team. If you've looked at, and I know we always do the thing where you use, you even do it for your opponent, where you use their highest ranking in a poll because <laughs> of there are 17 college baseball polls. So you use until you well, even I guess win or lose, you would do that still. Yeah. Well, I, I love that Louisville does it because they'll use like the rankings from two different polls. Like if if, if Baseball America is the only poll out, out of the 55 that has Louisville in the top 10, like they're they're going to use Baseball America. But they're playing Virginia Tech today. And so if like D1Baseball.com has Virginia Tech higher than everybody else, they're going to use the Baseball America ranking for Louisville and the D1 Baseball ranking for Virginia Tech. So my point is we have technically a number three Virginia Tech versus a number six Louisville series going on right now. (laughs) And regardless of what poll you're looking at, almost all of them, I I think all of them, have both these teams ranked in the top ten. So it's a top ten shootout. The penultimate week of the regular season, uh, a lot on the line here. There was a text that we didn't get to yesterday that I actually wanted to because it presented a, a good question asking, you know, the likelihood of Louisville hosting a regional, which just a couple of weeks ago, maybe three or four weeks ago, didn't seem all that likely. Seemed sort of like, uh, you know, they're going to have to get real hot and that schedule down the stretch is not great. Now, you look at these. You like the cough button work? I'm just like, I just, just in flow. Just do it. I, I learned from you. You do it. You do it very well. Years of practice. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very impressive. Don't 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 try to just jump into the deep end right away, there, buddy. Now, come on. With Louisville jumping these last few weeks back into the top 15 of the RPI, with their overall record, their overall ranking being so high, playing in the ACC, which is you know always the first or or, or second best conference in college baseball. I think they're now in a position where if they win the series, whether it's a sweep or a 2-1 victory, God forbid we have another tie this weekend. If they win the series— Are we the only tie in the nation? 
There has to have been a couple more. I mean, it's happened to Louisville before. I think Sean Moth brought it up. It had happened the last time in like 2002 for the exact same reason. Okay, 2002. I mean, that we, you do realize that we don't like acknowledge baseball at Louisville before 2005. Well, that, that was the team that went to the NCAA tournament. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the 20 year anniversary of the only, the only non Dan McDonald team to go to the NCAA tournament. But it, it's for travel reasons. Like, they you know, Sunday game, they got to get out of here. And eventually they're like, okay, like, if nobody scores here, sorry, we got to go. We got to get back home. Um, Why? There's the Benova game on Monday. We got time. I mean, I it's not college basketball. It's not college football. There, there are budget concerns, I assume. But that's why the Sunday Wake Forest game ended up in, in a tie. But regardless, if Louisville wins two out of three this weekend in Blacksburg, I'm not saying they're a lock to host a regional because if they lose out, then it'd be a little dicey. But they'd almost be a lock, I think, to host a regional. If they win this series and then you know, take care of business in their final – Tuesday game, which I think is against EKU. It's, it's I a, believe so, yeah. It's an they, opponent they should beat. Yeah, because IU was this last Tuesday, or this week, right? Right, beat them 7-2. to two. Yeah. They should, I think, be in a decent position to potentially be a top eight seed, uh, which would give them, you know, they're going to host a super, they're going to be fine, it, it, they're, they're going to be nationally seeded. This is what Dan McDonald does. I mean, he. this was a team that we were looking at as, like, are they even going to get into the tournament a month ago? If they do get in, are they going to be a three seed? Can they get their way up to a two seed, maybe in Vanderbilt's region? And now all of a sudden we're talking about, hey, they may not just host, they may be a top eight seed. This, this is a team that now has the offense and is inching closer, I think, to finding the pitching necessary to make a, a, a yet another deep run in the NCAA tournament. So it, it's always... An exciting time of the year around here when you get to mid-May, late May, uh, and then into June. I think a, a lot of people who just sort of keep college baseball and the Cardinal 9 in the periphery, they start really focusing and they start really looking at the names that they need to know and getting into the game, looking at ACC tournament seeding, which if the tournament started today, Louisville would be the two seed for the ACC tournament behind Miami. So again, crucial series, not just this weekend, but the next weekend when they come back home to play Virginia, who's also a top 15 team. It's a it's fun times, but it's been it's been cool to watch this team evolve and, and sort of hit their stride these last few weeks. Are we close enough to where if we went out, we win the ACC? Are we are, are we just more? We are. I, I mean, I'm assuming we would need Miami to slip that. up a game. Well, oh, they're okay. in a different division, so they they don't give a they get. There's an Atlantic Division champion and a Coastal Division champion for now, and then a tournament champion. So that's the way that they do it, which is I don't know, you know, kind of whatever. But we've won the we've won the Atlantic, I think, every year but two. Since we made the move to the ACC, so we, we're we're in we're in, in line to win the Atlantic this year, though we have it locked. We are two and a half games ahead of Notre Dame. Oh, who we beat, so that gives us an edge right there alone. Oh, God, I, I keep forgetting to use the button. There I was going to say, I thought that sounded loud. <laughs> there are so there are technically four teams right now that could win the Atlantic because we've got six games left. Some of these teams only have three games left, but we are just for quick recap. We are fifteen eight and one. Uh, in the ACC right now, Notre Dame is thirteen and eight. Florida State's thirteen and eleven. NC State's twelve and eleven. Wake Forest technically would have a shot at catching us. They're eleven, thirteen, and one. So it's a, a log jammed ACC. The Coastal's a little bit more clear. You've got Miami on top. They have the best overall record in the conference at seventeen and seven. Virginia Tech three full games. Uh, well, I guess two and a half. It, it's it's weird because the the scheduling is wonky. They're fourteen and eight. Virginia's fourteen and ten. Those are the only three teams that have a chance to win that division. But so that's the way the ACC does it. They don't crown an overall regular season conference champion. They give it's like football. They give two divisional champions and then a tournament champion. Which the tournament in college baseball is. It it's the I think least important postseason tournament in all of 
college sports, at least for at least in the major conferences, just because it, it you know there's something to be said for in basketball potentially losing early and getting rest, but I, I've always thought that that's totally overblown. In baseball, it's absolutely not overblown. If you are a national seed or if you're in, safely in the NCAA tournament, you don't want to play two extra day, two extra games and use all those arms, play 18 full innings, have guys who could have an extra two days of rest. And wouldn't you just probably go to a bullpen game if that was the case? If, if and you've it, seen Louisville do that in recent years. Yeah, like, I mean. Dan McDonald, I don't think, has ever admitted it. I need a cough yeah, I don't think McDonald's ever admitted it, but there have been several times in recent years where Louisville safely locked up, you know, regional hosting privileges, yeah. and they just, you know, they they, they kind of run out of whoever. If anything, that would be used as a reason maybe to throw a young arm out there and give them a, give them a shot. And, and they've so, done that in the past. Yeah, I mean, they, they've also done the thing where they'll throw their their usual Friday starter just to keep him keep him warm, keep him in rhythm, keep the rotation going, and but just let him go three or four innings, even if he's really rolling. And, and so it's one of the reasons I'm not just excusing it because they have played deep into the conference tournament before, but with all their, you know, all the years where they've won the Atlantic, all the years where they finished with the best record in the conference, still have never won the ACC tournament. Um, and more times than not, they've kind of like they've been bounced before they even get to the the knockout stages. So oh, good uh, thing TJ's not here to tell us that it's just another big one that Dan can't win. Lord, uh, I had I had two different friends who <laughs> texted me today, who I, I guess have just like for whatever reason, just today, had nothing going on, so they, they were like, hey, I hear you talking about this show in the morning, logging in, and like both friends were like, who are these guys? <laughs> they, they, I, I didn't listen to the show. Uh, apologies to my guys, TJ Walker and Nick Roush, but, 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 but people were like, they basically said something along the same lines of the, the same thing. They're like, in one breath, they'll complain about Louisville fans like trolling, and then they spent the entire show talking about like how they're trolling Louisville fans on Twitter and, and like the reactions that they're getting. I'm like, that's kind of it's kind of their shtick. Yeah, I did see the first text that came in was like the texter. It's the same guy that was kind of going back and forth with us yesterday. He claims that, and I don't know how he would know this. I don't know what's happened in the last 24 hours. That you have now admitted that the basketball NCAA men's basketball tournament is tougher to win than the baseball tournament. No, I yeah. got into it with TJ last night on text, and I was like. He, 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 he was like, you'll see, you see, I said something. He's like, see, you proved my point. And I was like, well, I'm not going to start keep doing your work for you, but I'm right. I mean, you know. He says, Trevor admitted last night to TJ that basketball is harder to win. No. Now let's get Mike on the train so we can move on. And he said, one other question, when does Sat complain about prom tampering? It's harder to he beat. He used the wrong word, though. He, got, he used the wrong word. He didn't say whining. It's, it's harder to beat a team multiple times than it is one time. Agree with that. Also, without your number one pitcher. I mean, well, in cases you won't, yeah. You won't have your best player. Uh, but anyways, big series going on. I don't. What, what's the update on the baseball game right now? It was supposed to start at one. They moved it up because of the, the weather. Um, let me see. I, I saw that. Well, they they clearly haven't started because they just posted the. Yeah, the, I was gonna say they put the lineup. The last thing I saw them tweet out. I take it back. They were supposed to start at three. They moved it up, so it, the game should be barring some sort of weather concern, which I know was an issue, should be going on while we're on the air. So that's uh, game one. You've got Jared Poland back on the mound for a Friday game. I was gonna say Friday night, but Friday afternoon. Fourth consecutive Friday start for him. He's he's really stepped up and kind of established himself as arm number one on this team. Here's hoping he can give a big start tonight and the Cards can get this weekend off to a, a, a good go. Speaking of the Thornton's text line, which I mentioned there passively, text us on the text line today. It's a great text line day. It's been a, a solid text line week, but today specifically, it's Friday, Friday the 13th, not a whole lot going on outside of the world of Cardinal baseball. Text us your questions, your comments, your concerns, your topic ideas, whatever's on your mind today. And the way to make that happen is by hitting us up at 502-414-1450. You know it better as the Thornton's text line. Love our guys at Thornton's. If you need gas in the morning, stop 
at any one of the 1,275 uh, area Thornton's locations. And when you do, make sure you've got that uh, refreshing rewards app downloaded. It's going to save you money every time you need to fuel up. It's also going to save you some money inside. If you need to stop in for some coffee, stop in for a donut, stop in for, um, I don't know, Polar Pop, stop in for whatever you want. It, it, they've got everything that you could possibly need. They have people, they have employees specifically designated to handle the food there. It's not like any other gas station in town. Best people, best employee, best deals, best app, best text line. We love our guys at Thornton's. Uh, Speaking of Friday 13th, I, I, I may have asked this before, but because I know it's not your like your go-to. Like TJ's a big horror movie fan. You're more like the romantic comedy guy like I am. I like both. Yeah, well, I mean, my you, sister's huge into horror movies. You like you I guess you can handle horror movies more. I'm not I mean, I'm not saying they scare me. I'm just they don't don't move the needle for me. But and they're not my favorite genre. But where I mean, and I know they're not your your favorite genre, but you you are okay with them, right? You 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 do enjoy them. Like will you watch are you like a horror movie guy like on Halloween only or cuz today's kind of like a like a, a midsummer Halloween day, right? It I mean, is. Friday the 13th is a a spooky day. I'll watch like I, like I don't have to be specifically in October to watch horror movies. If there's a good one that's out, I'll watch it. But I am kind of like the basic. Like I love watching horror movies leading up to Halloween. I tried to do the thing a few years ago where I watched a, a different one every night. Obviously, kids has like, I'll never be able to accomplish. Now that you're now. on Hocus Pocus only. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with Hocus it. Pocus a couple times when I see it <laughs> pop up on Lifetime or whatever it, they show it on now. Um, but yeah, like I, I'm more of a basic horror. But like my my sister, I mean she's she's ranked like her top 100 horror movies and yeah, stuff. Like... Her her boyfriend has like a uh, like a horror movie podcast that he does. Like they have this uh, gore club that they host together. Like they are all about it. Yeah, I, I know other people like that too. I mean, again, as I said, TJ's probably a whore, but he—I don't think he—he he goes out for Halloween, but he's not like. Yeah, I know people more like yes, like you described your sister and her boyfriend, and just like they just go into it full, full, all, both feet at a time. It's I mean, always been her. Like she's I, I, always drawn to. It. I think it's gonna be the Virginia too. Virginia is, it scares her. But she is drawn to like the scary stuff. If you're flipping through YouTube and you see any sort of song or video with a skeleton, she's like, "Let's watch that." And then it's on for like ten seconds, and I've she's like, "It's too a, scary." I'm, I'm like, like "You are." She's my little sister. Do you watch Friday? So will you watch at least like Friday the Thirteenth tonight? Like you know, I don't think I've ever seen a Michael Myers movie. I like them. I mean, some of them are after a while they get just campy and terrible. I mean, I've seen I've seen the. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not thinking no yet. Friday the Thirteenth is that that's Michael Myers or Jason. Michael Myers is Halloween. Okay, so Friday the Thirteenth is Jason. Okay, I've seen and I've seen the, the original one. Yeah, Crystal Lake, where his mom's a real murderer. Yeah, in the very yeah. end, I've seen that Jump one. Scare. Yes, I have seen that one. Yes, I take that back. I have seen Halloween's the ones I guess I've never really watched. No, I, I don't really do like the. I'm not gonna like celebrate Friday the Thirteenth. The original Friday the Thirteenth was good. I mean, it's for a slasher film. I'm a fan. And if there's ever one that's that made me laugh, nothing. I, I actually went and saw the uh, the one in, where Jason goes to Manhattan in theaters because. Did you got, really? Yeah, it's got stoned and made me laugh. The movie's hilarious. Did the scene when he's walking down the street and they're like listening to the 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 the, the guys listening to the rap music and they're like he turns off the boombox and they're like, hey man, he turns around and just lifts his mask and they're like peace, cool, 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 we cool, and he's like run away. I mean, I saw it's uh, such it's so bad, it's good. I saw a Halloween H two O, aka Halloween Water. I remember uh, when that came theaters. out. Yeah, I saw it in theaters. Josh Harnett was in that one, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. his like that that nice run where he was like yeah, a big Hollywood A list guy for three years, and, and he did it Pearl Harbor and disappeared. <laughs> Pearl Harbor, but they like my favorite thing about the horror movie genre. I guess the major franchises is just how the lengths they go to. 
to keep them going. <laughs> despite like like at the end of Halloween H two O, spoiler, I'm sorry, you've had twenty two years to see the movie. If you were planning on watching it tonight, I'll let this one slide. My apologies. <laughs> at the end of Halloween H two O, they chop his head off. <laughs> He's decapitated. And they've made like seven more Halloween movies since then. And I remember the next one, like I, I didn't see it. But I was like, well, how did they justify doing another one of these films when he was quite literally decapitated at the end of the last one? They're like, oh, they said it was just some other guy. In the co- they had the wrong guy. The wrong guy? <laughs> a copycat walking around killing like, people? Oh, okay, well, there, there you go. That, that's it. That's all they have Police to do. Should, where, by the way, where are the cops in all these movies? I'm not going to make a joke. You can't, you can't make jokes about these things anymore. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I You're mean, trying to get me in trouble. I'm thinking about Friday, it. Friday, I want to have a good weekend. <laughs> I mean, I get I get Nightmare on Elm Street because if you go to the police and you're like, hey, I'm these guys killing my dream, they're going to just like, okay, stay off the PCP, buddy. But, like, I mean, like Mike, I mean, at least the Friday 13th was on, it was at the at the lake, so I can get, I'll let that one slide. But, like, he's going through Manhattan. He's going through space. He's going through, I mean, and Michael Myers alone is just walking through the neighborhood. Also never ages. It's been, like, 40 years. Yeah. Somehow Jamie Lee Curtis does. Michael Myers doesn't. <laughs> um, I like this. Texture says, I, this is where we're going today. People, we're throwing out their stuff, like the stuff that you buy into. <laughs> I asked Trevor if there's anything sort of outside the box. Because you you don't believe in aliens. You don't believe in ghosts. You don't believe in much, much of that stuff. Texture says, dinosaurs never existed. What do you think, fellas? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I've seen Jurassic Park. <laughs> I, have, I, do, I have one friend who does not believe dinosaurs existed. Uh, and when like when he gets bleep for it, deservedly so, he's like he's like I don't want to talk about it. I just I, I, I don't. Like I believe in dinosaurs. I mean, there's you you can prove to me dinosaurs. You can't like prove aliens and ghosts. They're called Jesus horses, Trevor. <laughs> we rode them for fun. One of my years ago. One of my favorite sound bites I used for KRC was like a clip where Scoots was talking about he doesn't watch certain movies that like that are unrealistic to him. And so, like, and I don't know, eventually it got to the point where he admitted he liked Jurassic Park. And they were like, but that's, like, that didn't happen. He's like, well, yeah, it did. There's dinosaurs. And like, what no, no, Scoots. There was never a, a dinosaur park. And he's just, uh, I forget how the rest of the conversation went, but that's the clip I cut. Where he's just, uh, the, the, you can hear the like the, his face drop where he just realized, wait a minute, there's not a park of dinosaurs? That's that's fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of, of sort of dinosaur-related things, this park. is a, uh, on a, a sadder note. This is, but, but it did make me think of this. I don't know if you saw Fred Ward died today. Who, Who's that? Fred Ward. I always think of him, a lot of other people will think of him from different things. I will always think of him from Tremors. Okay, I was thinking of Fred Gwynn. From, I was like, wait a minute, that's the guy from, from Monsters? He's been different. That's <laughs> Fred, like, the two Utes? <laughs> the judge from My Guess of Many? Uh, Fred Ward, maybe. Which one was Fred Ward in Tremors? I don't He's like the old badass, like the, the, the other star outside of Kevin Bacon. Was like, he the one that was married to Reba McIntyre, I think? No, 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 no. He, Fred Ward, he's one of the two leads. Like he and Kevin Bacon are the two A-list actors in the movie. Like, I'm sure I know his face. Let me look him up. Yeah, yeah, he was in Escape from Alcatraz, uh, The Right Stuff. Oh, okay. I know Escape from Alcatraz. Yeah, I, love, I remember. I actually liked with with Clint Eastwood. Yeah, you, yeah. You, I like that movie. Yeah, okay. He's the one that plays. Yeah, I know who he is. He's yeah. one of those guys you'd recognize his face. The yeah, no, I remember him now. Uh, but he died at seventy nine today. Very sad. Uh, I thought he was. Like, I love Tremors. It's one of my favorite. Just sort of funny, kind of off the beaten path movies from the nineties. Um, it is. Did you know how many multiple sequels as well? Yeah, none of them are good. They're, they're no, no, they're bad. They, yeah, they tried to lean way too heavy into like the campy and like self awareness, and it just. It was a not a good blend, but the original one I thought was fantastic. Uh, but uh, R.I.P. to him. That was sad news that I saw. I did love um, my guy. He John was in Lewis. Naked Gun thirty three and a third too. I remember. 
Was he? Yeah, he played in the, he played the Nicole Anna Smith's like uh, accomplice. Nicole Anna Smith. Whatever her name. Anna Nicole, Anna Nicole Smith. Have you ever been diagnosed with dyslexia? <laughs> uh, no. Because the evidence the evidence continues to pile up. You get the words right. They're just the, the orders wrong. I mean, I, was, I had an appointment. I think it was, but I, I went to the wrong office. He was the star of um, also the '80s movie, which I have seen and enjoy. Was Remo Williams' The Adventure Begins. And I love that John John Lewis, WDRB, one of my favorite guys, was like, "We'll never get the Reno Wilm- Reno Remo Williams sequel that we were promised in 1985." I don't remember that movie. It's it, hey, you should watch it. You'd like it. He also did. I mean, small not not starring roles, but uh, unforgettable ones. The dad in Road Trip. Oh my gosh, was he? Yeah, man, he played the skinny guys that had, uh, hooked up with the, he was. the sorority girl that played her dad. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and let's not forget. Also, speaking of fathers, he was Cody Nunnemaker, Nunnemaker, the dad of Joe Dirt. Oh my god, he was. He played a lot of fathers in the in the, in the 2000s. That's right. He was an ass. In that His, I tell you what. I mean, look, the amount of movies this guy has on his filmography is amazing. Like the, I think every year from '99 on, he did no less than four to five movies a year. That's what he's doing. Summer 2001, Summer Catch, Corky Romano. He, he was also the dad in Summer Catch. He was, <laughs> he was the dad of uh, what's his name, Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, see, I didn't. See, I, the only thing Summer Catch I remember is the catcher admitting to like chubbing girls. That was like, the funniest scene in the movie. <laughs> Summer Catch was. It had. Some well, he moments. just gets up and finally admits it. It's. Still, I think it's that's hilarious. Going once again back to my just gigantic pet peeve of athletes playing or actors playing athletes when they clearly have no idea they've never played a sport like Freddie Prince Jr.'s throwing motion like, so just, bad I and it, it wasn't like they tried to hide it like, th- <laughs> they show him throwing like many many times and every time I throw up in my mouth a little bit it was terrible he's ten yeah he's been he's been around a lot as recently as 30 minutes or less and then true detective in 2015 this guy I'm now just I'm reading his bio on Wikipedia now he was in the Air Force he was a boxer and also worked as a lumberjack in Alaska wow a janitor as well and a short order cook I mean, this guy accomplished more than probably like one year of his life than I've done in 42. He lived in Rome for a brief period and dubbed Italian films into English and also appeared in films by uh, Roberto Rossellini. That's, I mean, who knew? Fred Ward. I went to the bank. Renaissance man. <laughs> I mean, he killed giant lizards and tremors. He killed giant lizards and tremors. He was prepared. Um, our guy, Rashawn Myers, he, he tweets at us. He says, Actually, Fell is the most recent to Halloween movies we're taking off uh, from what happened at the end of the very first movie. It was as if Michael Myers had never actually gotten out of the insane asylum in the story from that point forward. Yeah, they what? <laughs> it just you know. So again, Halloween's one I've never I've never watched a single Halloween really. I mean, I've seen clips, I guess, but I've never actually sat down and watched one. I've uh, watched The Nightmare. I've watched and I've watched Friday, but not Halloween. Texas says Michael Myers aged looks wise, but he's more, but he's made into a force of nature in the movie. So the more he kills, the stronger he gets. That kind of is how it feels. Like he's an alien, right? He's like it's like your thing with the 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 Michael Scott uh, take on Die Hard. How you say the same thing about oh, he gets, becomes a superhero. Like yeah, he's just like he's like a normal killer. He's but like in as the movies go on, he becomes this just superhuman, undestructible. I don't age. Like so, he sounds like high, He sounds like a Highlander, kind of. Because like, you know when you kill a Highlander, you cut off their head, you get their powers as well. <laughs> Is that right? Have you never watched Highlander? Not really. Oh, Highlander, the first one's awesome. The uh, se- don't don't watch the second, and God forbid, avoid the one with Mario Van Peebles. And the television show is hit or miss, but the first movie? Oh, yeah, I love the first movie. Texas Tom Cruise throwing a ball in War of the Worlds is the hardest I ever saw my dad laugh in a movie. I know exactly that what you're talking movie about. movie is so bad. It's bad. The original one's great. The I just... Nothing annoys me more about that movie. I can't remember who plays the son, 
who just like runs off in the middle of like a disaster. Uh, yeah, it's- and he just apparently shows back up at the house at the end of it's like it's like the movie The Day After Tomorrow that annoys me, where they're like, "Don't go outside, don't go outside." But we as the main characters, we're going to walk from Philadelphia to New York right. with no problem. If you step outside, you'll instantly die. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, well, we're going to go on this 120-mile track. Let's see. It's only dangerous for the people who are side characters. God. If, you, if, you, if, you, if you're making seven figures for this movie, you can survive anything. Speaking of Tom Cruise, I'm very excited. Seeing the reviews for the new Top Gun. I'm not. I, no, no, no. It's getting fantastic reviews. I don't care if it wins oh, I'm excited about every it. Oscar across the board. I'm very excited about I'm it. I'm not watching that crap. Very excited about it. No, no. I would rather, I'd rather, I'd rather reenact the scene of Goose than be <laughs> as me in his role than watch that movie. Uh, Takes that Fred Ward was also the dad in Sweet Home Alabama. Never saw it. Was that the one with uh, Reese Witherspoon? Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. I've, I've seen the they used to run the commercials for it like on TNT or TBS like all the time. Uh, Texas says, whose voice is more annoying, Scooter Dingus or Mike Rutherford? I Ooh, I, don't, I don't think either. I like Scooter Dingus's voice, so I'm yeah. gonna have to go with mine. I, no, but you you sound like Jim Rome. My voice annoys annoys me. Have you seen all the Jim Rome stuff floating around this week too? I saw some on Twitter about him like admitting he didn't do something or no no no. What I've seen did he is, admit he doesn't watch sports finally? No. What I've seen is people going like nuts about how much money that he makes. Like, oh, he, well, that didn't surprise me. He's the highest paid media person, sports media person in the world. He makes $30 million a year. 30 mil. Uh, I mean, the amount he makes is, I guess, a little surprising, but does, should it really shock you if he's the, most, he's the highest paid media, though? I mean, yeah, because... Who else would you really put above him? Well, they, like, But it's a, it's a huge gap. I don't have the list in front of me. Because the only thing that I saw was he, he would get overtaken by Tom Brady whenever Brady retires because he has this deal on the yeah, table. Yeah, over like $40 billion, Fox yeah. is going to pay him $37.5 mil. So as of right now, the highest paid sports broadcasters annually per The Athletic, Jim Rome, $30 million. I mean, I... Second... Any guess? Uh, Colin Cowherd. Good guess. That's who I would have gone with. One of those two come to mind, really. Tony Romo, $18 million. Okay, TV pays more than radio. Michael Strahan, $17 million. That's $17 million overpaid. And then Stephen A. Smith, $10 million. <laughs> so the gap between Jim Rome at number one and Stephen A. Smith at number four is $20 million. Amazing. The only one of those four I can actually handle more than 10 seconds of listening to is actually a former Cowboy and Tony Romo. The rest I'm not a fan of. Texas Jim Rome always has a special place in my heart after the Jim Everett, Chris Everett. Oh, interview. I mean, that's one of the best moments in ESPN history. Yeah, I mean, who didn't? Yeah, exactly. I bet I do. <laughs> Chris? Well, that was uh, that was on the Fires, the Roy Firestein show, wasn't it? He was filling in for Roy Firestein, I believe. Was that what it was? I thought it was, for some reason, I always thought it was his show. I thought he was uh, filling in because it was it, um, it was called Fire Summer. Was it up close or something? Maybe they were doing because he had because he it was had, on ESPN two and a lot of people didn't have ESPN two at that time. I believe because he had his own show, which was like Rome on Fire, Jim Rome on Fire. Oh, okay, maybe that. ESPN. Yeah, that was when he had the the PTI look though, where it ran down the thing on the side. Was it? I never really watched. I do. I, well, like, I, I, did, well, I remember seeing that clip go everywhere when it happened. I didn't know who Jim Rome was at the time. Like I oh neither did I. I never grew up listening to sports radio. Well, at that time, sports radio was still very novice too. Sure, I mean, you only had it in. We didn't have. I think Louisville had it through via Kansas City, but you didn't have like local. We had we had no local sports here in Louisville at the time. You just had national, yeah. like Philadelphia, New York, Kansas City, L.A., uh, Vegas. A handful of cities had them. It's one of those clips that anytime I see it get posted on social media, I have to at least watch. Where I mean, it's just. Oh yeah, I haven't watched it in a while though. Oh, it's, it's every time I see it, he's like, he's like, I, and I bet you won't say it again. I bet I will, Chris. <laughs> 
Like just like the look on Jim Everett's face. I guess, oh, the show was called Talk To. It was on ESPN two in ninety four, and it was called Talk To. Talk To. Maybe I guess that was his show. Yeah, it was his show he hosted. I was thinking he was a fill-in guest for that show, but I stand corrected. Uh, Texas Chris says. Everett. I remember when he did it. I was always like, "Who's Chris Everett?" Because I knew who Jim Everett was, but I didn't know who Chris at the time was as a kid. Chrissy Everett. Well, I was 14 years old. I didn't follow women's tennis. Well, what's wrong with you? I knew, and I knew why he was calling him Jim because of the NFC title game. But Texas it sounded like TK just said that TJ is a whore. <laughs> he likes horror movies. He said the Chris I, Everett. I need to avoid using the, 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 that, that word because the way I speak, it's probably not a good sign. And by the way, I'm not denying that either statement. Oh. <laughs> hey. All right, let's take a break. I, that was exactly where I wanted that segment to go. And you know what? There's going to be more of that on the way. It's going to be that, that type of Friday. It's what we're going to do here. We're going to have a good time. We're at the OG studio in Jeffersonville. Much more of the Mike Rutherford Show is on the way next. Thanks for tuning in to 1450 AM 96.1 FM, The Big X. Loudly. Don't play this too loudly. We don't want street fights to break out all over Jeffersonville and Louisville. Because you know Trevor thinks this is the song that's the best song to fight to. Well, it's either this or why can't we be friends? Can you just imagine just gang fights breaking out everywhere, all over the listing This area. isn't making you pumped. It, it's, I'm 30 seconds away not, from punching you in the mouth. That was not the question. <laughs> I mean, if I wanted to do a training montage, then yeah, I'd be into it right now. Come on, can you imagine seeing the guy get boom right now in the face? I... Cream of the fight. You really do see everything through the lens of film and TV. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, love, I love like the so bad much. guy in Scream too. Like he loses his mind. He's just obsessed with movies. I'm, I'm Jamie Kennedy. A little bit of actual sports news here that just broke. It, it, nothing gigantic, but Xavier Booker, who's a uh, top forty prospect from the class of 2023 on the basketball side of things, he's out of Indianapolis. Plays at Cathedral. He had previously been at, offered by. Uh, Louisville, when Chris Mack was the head coach, I think Cahill Fennell was his primary recruiter. He now has just tweeted that he's been reoffered by the new coaching staff. He thanks Kenny Payne and the rest of the staff for this opportunity. Um, Booker, number 38 in the class of 2023, according to the rivals rankings. He is currently looked at as a uh, Michigan State slash Purdue lean. Uh, those are his top two schools. I know Indiana has also offered him. Hopefully Louisville can get in the mix here. We'll see what happens. But he's a 6'11 power forward with a, a ton of skill. Uh, once again, we're going after you know, a lot of six eleven guys. Let's bring them all. We're just gonna we're gonna have the tallest starting lineup in the history of college basketball. <laughs> but whatever, we're gonna it will be fun to watch. It's gonna be a great time. Uh, so a little bit of sports news mixed in there before we get back to the nonsense. How do you feel about that? Boo. You just, yeah, you just don't want it. Text line is blowing up. You said up. Booker. I was like Devin Booker's eligibility. <laughs> Text line hates Jim Rome. They hate him. I mean, and yet somehow they tolerate the show. I, I'm kind of with. I mean, I was never. I'm not a fan. Yeah, him and, and now him and him and Cowherd, I'd never really liked. I, if I had to pick between the two, I would listen to Rome over him. But that's just like 
which would you rather get kicked in the right or left testicle? I mean, yeah. it's just really not a right answer. There used to be like I the only Rome clip that I love outside of him getting pushed over in a chair yeah, by, good, by yeah. Jim Everett was the the Larry Brown crank story. If you've ever heard of that, if know. not, YouTube it after the show. It's fantastic. Okay, I love Larry Brown. Did you make fun of my boy Larry Brown? No, there's a, a caller basically. He calls into the show, and he's like telling. I don't even know what the like. I never really listened to the Jim Rome show. A bunch of my friends did. But there was something, I guess you were trying to have like the best call of the day or something along those lines. And this guy's telling the story and he's he's like, I'm at my local gym. I work out, you know, I'm in the showers afterward, hanging on the bench, um, in my towel, like I'm sitting down. I look up, boom, Larry Brown's crank right in my face. <laughs> and like Rome cuts off the call and like his reaction, it's so delayed. He's just like. Well, what in the hell am I supposed to do now? No, I was a caller that said Yeah, this. caller's okay. telling the story, and Jim Rome is just like, whoa. I thought Jim Rome, how that happened to Jim Rome, maybe? It's a fantastic story. It's a great clip. Because as, you know, uh, somebody who you once worked here and, and worked with me, uh, John Renshaw, did radio with Rome before he got big out That's in right, L.A. That's right, he said that, yeah. And, like, one of the things that, that Renshaw would tell me is one of the things, one of the things he started doing when he was out in L.A. early on was he... Was uh, worked in covering the the Clippers back in the early and it was been the ninety ninety one with Danny Manning on that team. Larry Brown coached them. Uh, they actually went to the went to the playoffs, and that was you know Larry Brown. Uh, Larry Brown's coach had Ken Norman, who was nicknamed the Snake. Which, by the way, yes, it's because he's going in his three legged races on his own. Okay, okay. and Durantra okay. City can confirm it. Which made me. That's why my mind went to you going, Jim Rome, Larry Brown. I'm like. Maybe it wasn't Ken Norman was the only snake in that locker room. I mean, maybe Larry Brown. All right. <laughs> I love locker room stories. <laughs> I mean, the first time I, the first by time. By the way, Renshaw hates Jim Rome. Does he? Oh, he couldn't stand him. He said he was a big kiss, kiss butt and all that stuff. I went to uh, one of my dad's friends uh, was like a huge NBA guy and like and a very, he was a powerful man. So like when there was a, Bullets, Bulls. I don't know if you remember this. They used to have like exhibition games at Freedom Hall. Yeah, preseason games at Freedom Hall. Mm-hmm. And first game I ever saw was uh, Suns and Bulls '88. I'll never forget the year that Jordan retired. We had tickets to the. I think it was Bullets versus Bulls, and it was like. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm sitting courtside because this guy wields a lot of power. He so he got us all tickets. His son, my, uh, me, and my dad, and we were all gonna go together. And like it's like two weeks before the game, and I wake up before school, watch Sports Center like always, and they have the Jordan retirement announcement. And I'm like, you've got to be bleeping kidding me! Like, what, this is unbelievable. Was that the the Bulls game with Purvis Ellison? And yes, he came out delayed to an ovation. I exactly. believe exactly. I was at that game. It went to, it went to overtime. Yeah, uh, I think Corey Blunt fell on my feet. It was a wonderful moment. I can't. That's crazy. We were both. Say, I don't remember. I, I was. I couldn't remember who the Bulls ever played, but I just remember Ellison coming out because uh, he had just come off not too long. Well, I guess he did. Already, he Bulls won. lost. BJ Armstrong missed a three at the buzzer right in front of me. It was great. Was it was incredible. I, I can't remember that. I didn't remember anything about it other than the Ellison doing that. But so the next year, I don't remember who the Timberwolves played somebody, and we got to go in the locker room because uh, this guy was I like wasn't there, he knew but... Felton Spencer. He was he was close with him. So I got Felton Spencer autographed a card for me. I think it was nice. like the first autograph I ever got in person. But the bigger moment for me was, and, and this is how times have changed. Like this would have been a big story now if it had happened. Christian Leitner sitting just buck naked, doing an interview with <laughs> a female reporter. <laughs> female reporter just taking notes, and I'm looking over, just Leitner just nude on a stool, just just right there. <laughs> Pretty sure it was the first time I'd ever seen a grown man naked, I guess probably besides my dad. A horrifying image, we'll never get over it. 
have never forgotten it. I guess Les Leitner gives you nightmares. Every time I see him, I, I, all I can for see different is different reasons. Just, UK fans remember for another reason, but yeah. I still hate Christian Leitner. <laughs> I bought the shirt too for a different reason. <laughs> it also reminds me, Jeff Greer's got a great locker room story. Have you, have you seen, I don't know the, if I can tell it. You mentioned Felton Spencer. You have seen the, the infamous Felton Spencer vignette with Mr. Perfect, right? Yes, I have. I mean, I remember when that came out. So I mean, which is incredible. When I remember when they first did that, because he's from Minnesota, which is why they did them all with like Vikings and him, and I can't remember the baseball player they did it with, but like I just remember that I was like, Felton Spencer, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm gonna tell the Greer story because he's, he's not listening. He he never listens to the show. He doesn't care. So <laughs> when Greer like his one of his first gigs, I think this is when he was like still a student at Pitt. It was okay. either that or was like when he first got out of college. He was covering. He got like a beat reporter job like, covering the Pittsburgh Pirates. And this when this would have been what circa oh man, probably like I guess 2010, 2011. Okay, okay, so yeah, not okay that long ago. And I'm pretty sure he he know I'm pretty confident the, the pitcher was Dan Wheeler. And sounds a little familiar. Wheeler, like he strikes up a rapport with Greer in the locker room because they're both from Rhode Island. So they start telling Rhode Island stories, and, and Jeff's like, "All right, cool. I've, I've got it in. Like, this, I can go to this guy when I need like an inside scoop. Like, I don't know anybody here. I don't know like don't know anybody." And he's like, "We're standing around. We have like a, there's a breakout session. One of the other like coaches or players is talking to the media, and he's like, I'm holding my doing the thing where like I'm holding my microphone into the the little the squall, but I'm not actually listening the scrum. And he's like, I'm just kind of staring out into the abyss." He's like, I'm just staring at nothing, just like one of those where you just like kind of black out and you're just like staring, like waiting for this to be over. And he's like, I, my, my eyes kind of come into focus. And I realize that I'm staring directly at Dan Wheeler's naked crotch. And he's like, and my eyes pan How up. How tall is Dan Wheeler? How short is Jeff Fisher? He's like, <laughs> he's like, like my yeah. eyes pan up and he's staring directly at me. And he goes, he never talked to me again. Like the, <laughs> the entire summer that I was working there, he never talked to me again. I'm like, well, that's the greatest story I've ever heard. I was kind of hoping you'd say he winked at him. <laughs> yeah. <just> like, <laughs> take a picture, Bueller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Last longer. Uh, God, yeah. The the Jim Rome. Jim Rome's awful. I've, Jim done, Rome I've done a few locker room interviews. I, I feel like, unfortunately, I've never got to see a pro athlete butt naked in front of me. Sign of the times, man. This country. What's happened to us? We used to let we used to let Christian Leitner walk around naked wherever he wanted to. I, I, I gotta ask though, Leitner, coming coming bring it bring it, bring it, bring it or not? I was like seven, so my frame of reference monster. My frame of reference, like I I really don't even remember. I just remember like being so stunned by seeing a naked man. It, it took twelve years of therapy, Trevor, to, to get that image out of my mind every time I closed my eyes. It's been successfully repressed. I I, I can't I I couldn't frame it right now if I wanted did to. Did an internal sunshine of the spotless mind with it. Just totally men and blacked it. Just just knocked it right out there. By the time I was nine, I'd already forgotten it happened. It didn't come up again until therapy when I was twenty five. Um, uh, <laughs> Texas says "Nuck if you buck is the all-time fight song. It's up there, for sure. I, th- I think I've heard of that one. That sounds familiar. They're all coming from an era where you're just, you weren't, you were gone. You were long gone. <laughs> Texas says, uh, Coward, Skip, Romo, Digger, Phelps, worst people to ever appear on TV, and that Kellerman guy is awful, too. Uh, who, Ke- uh, Max Kellerman? Yes. I don't, he, never bugged, he never bugged me on television. I just don't like the whole... Because these people know what they're like. They want to be hated. They actively do this thing where they're trying well, to just rile everybody up. More that's, current, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's like all TV now, which yeah. is just it annoys me. Like I don't. It's why I like seeing the clips of JJ Reddick where he's like being smart 
and people were like, oh my god. Like, but Kellerman was JJ's on, killing him. But like, Kellerman well, yeah. was on b- before that became a trend. I mean that that didn't get popular to he. I mean, I, unless he was just I don't think he was that part of the curve. Well, he was the original host of Around the Horn. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, big boxing guy. Yeah, I remember. I know. I know he still is. Let's go around. Isn't the he horn, still around the horn? Baby, Max is in rare form. No, he like did it for one year and then uh, Tony Reale took over. Oh, that's right. Stat, Stat, Boy. Stat Boy. Yeah, from PTI. That's right. I forgot. What a glow up. Uh, Texter says Johnny Renshaw. Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! Do you ever? You still talk to Renshaw, don't you? Well, here and there. Yeah, he's in. He lives in Chicago. He's retired. He's kind of living the life, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's got. He's got a sugar mama. Man, that's how you do it. I mean, I yeah. I wish too. Texas says, I've been wondering this for a while. Do you think Nolan Smith knew he was coming already when they played the Pegues coach team? No. I think there's no way because we had no way of talking to Kenny Payne at that point. I mean, I think he had an idea. I mean, do you think so? The first thing I mean, I if heard, he had an idea at that point, then when then the, the very when, first, when did, he, did he get the idea? The originally? very first thing that I heard when the talk was like Kenny Payne is going to be probably leading candidate when, when Mac, the buzz started in late January. The very first thing I heard, really the only thing I heard, was that Kenny Payne will bring Nolan Smith with him. So, I'm not going to say he knew. He certainly knew when it got to like February that there was a strong chance. Like I, I think that was a that was a done deal. But I love the whole like <laughs> like we had one conversation about it. I was like oh, really well your season ended like a day ago and you're already a coach. I, I don't think that that's the truth. <laughs> But that's okay. Texas, I work for U of L football. I walked in on Dion Branch changing within the first week of his employment. Nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dion Branch is maybe the nicest guy I've ever met. Uh, don't tell me that. I want to hate him for the Super Bowl. Still. Oh my God, he's so nice. I know, but I still want to hate him so much. He because he used to come on the show with us. It was all so the time. it was so bittersweet for me when he had that got the MVP on us. Uh, I just he should have had it the year before. But he was, I was, yeah. I was glad he got it. I mean, honestly, there. I don't even, I'm kind of surprised he did get it against us because it probably should have gone to Corey Dillon that year. I didn't think he was going to get it. Yeah, because Corey Dillon. The year Dill- before, I thought he was going to get it. And then like, early in the first half when he's lighting you guys up, I'm like, oh, he may do it. And I'm like, if they didn't give it to him last year, they're definitely not going to give it to him this year. And I was surprised when they did. Yeah, because Dillon, I think, had like 150 yards on like 40. I mean, they they ran poor Corey Dillon to the ground that year. I mean, he had 400 something carries that season. But, and that was, unfortunately, the Eagles' Achilles heel all through the mid 2000s was. They love to run those defensive lines that were small, but like pass rushers. But we just get run down our. Th- That's why the Giants always kill us with Ron Dane, is and, and Marshall Falk just manhandled us in, in the two thousand one NFC title game. The because Dion used to for a while there he was trying to get his own radio show uh, when we were on, on ninety three nine, and so he would come on our show pretty frequently to just in studio and doing all this stuff. And what's he doing now? He's working for U of L football. Oh, oh I, guess, I guess I just should have known that since he's an air quote nice guy, apparently naked in the locker room. He's, he's fantastic. But he, <laughs> he came into our studio. We had a picture of Matt Saracen from Friday Night Lights, a, a reference which means nothing to you because you've never seen the show. No, but I know, I know it's a show. Yeah. But he's a badass, very good looking guy. He was QB1, Dylan, Texas. And Dion Branch looked at the picture. He's like, Mike, is that you when you're playing? And I was like, this is the greatest day of my entire life. I'm like, Dion Branch thinks I'm Matt Saracen. This is, <laughs> it'll never get better than this right here. Uh, he was the man. He, he's the absolute best. Uh, we have a word. We are officially in a rain delay in Blacksburg. I think it's 1 1, I believe is what I, I saw. I didn't last. see the score. I just saw just what less than like literally two minutes ago the tweet uh, of that. Yes. I know we scored first, and then the last I saw, Virginia Tech had just singled in uh, a game tying run, and then they were still threatening. That looks correct in the bottom of the second. Okay, got it. Uh, Texas, Mike, I'm not a big, I'm not a doctor, but the illness you described sounded more like labyrinthitis, which can be viral from allergies and can last weeks. Google it. 
Um, the labyrinth? I, I think that's an ear thing, though. And if that's true, then my ears got checked out and I, I was fine. Um, didn't have hearing loss either. So I am 99% sure that I've got POTS, and the doctor kind of was too. I've just got to get diagnosed now, which should be great. Yeah, I mean, I get. Well, I guess you, you said your sister has. I mean, so it wasn't, she does. Like when, so when he when he suggested that, you didn't like giggle and be like, seriously. Well, we like kind of suggested because you had first. heard it. Okay, I, it had been suggested, and there's this whole thing where because, like you said, it's mo- for a long time it was only in women, particularly like young females, and now all these people across the country are coming down with it after they get COVID. It's like a the post COVID pots has become this big thing. And nobody really knows why. So more doctors are becoming aware of it. But it's like, like literally every symptom that people have. I've had like this weird red feet thing after taking a walk um, in the exact same spots. I've got it. It's the, you know, the salt intake helped it almost immediately, which is that was kind of a giveaway. I drink for the first time heavily in like years and like alcohol is the biggest trigger possible. Apparently uh, next day it happens. It just, it's, but I mean, other than if it went for you, like your sister having, would you would even even known that that was would, even a disease? I, I mean, probably wouldn't have heard of it. Yeah. I mean, like time. when you said to me, I thought you were screwing with me on text. I knew I Ken mean, Spencer texted me today and he was like, did Trevor give the response that I was like, yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, like, you knew exactly what, you, what he was going to say. Uh, Texas says Malik is a big naked. <laughs> Malik is a big naked locker room guy, by the way, total alpha. Which one? Williams or Cunningham? I would think probably Williams. I was thinking Williams. Yeah, I could see he said he'd probably walk around naked. That does sound like a Malik Williams thing. <laughs> you're not a walk around the house naked guy, are you? No. <laughs> I mean, at least, uh, but you're not even a walk around in your underwear guy, are you? Oh, I am. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, yeah. I have no shame. I mean, I'll, I'll take the trash out like in my underwear. You said that, and I, yeah. I, I'm not going to go nearly that far. I'm the guy. I don't care. I'm, <laughs> I'd kill for that confidence. I would have chased him down the ice cream man if he'd had the guts to come down my street last night with my underwear. Texas baseball game is in a rain delay, so I'm killing time with you guys until it starts back up. Well, thank you for doing that. That's the perfect way to send we're, it to We're break. your banana phone. <laughs> <laughs> we are killing time. Uh, Texas, actually, it was Cunningham, who's the big naked locker room guy. Really? Prop, hmm. Props to Malik. I guess he's taking advantage of that uh, the twenty that twenty four seven fitness Planet Fitness. He's Just, getting hey man, when you get that free Planet Fitness nil money, you got to show off <laughs> the show results. Off the ads, all, yeah. all about it. Uh, <laughs> much more of this coming your way in hour number two of the Mike Rutherford. Wow, show. we spent an hour talking about this. We did. It's fine. What are you going to do? I mean, what do you want to you talk about? Jeff Brom again. Ooh, is Brom coming home? We're not. We're not doing more Jeff Brom. I'm coming home. I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I do want to talk a couple of things about football. Actually, in all seriousness, in the next hour, uh, Malik, one of them is about Malik Cunningham. We'll get into that coming up four o'clock hour. It's on the way next. We are live from the OG Studio in Jeffersonville, Indiana. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on fourteen fifty The Big X. Friday the 13th music. That's what I think of. You know you know what I think of when I hear this song? Other than the, my great childhood memories, because I always thought the lead singer of this song was Bridget Nelson. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm, ta- I'm sorry. If you don't understand me, go look up the lead singer of Roxette, like per eight, early 80s. I know exactly what you're yeah, talking about. She looks about. just like, I mean, yeah. I, t- I, was, I always thought it was the same Grumber Nelson. Man. But I was thinking of this song now, and he's probably going to hate me for taking this story out, but I don't care. I was becoming remember, a theme of today's show. Dugan was telling me uh, yes. one day that, like, I don't know why we were talking about this, this 80s, 90s songs, and he was like, you know a song I used to listen to before every game and get pumped up? I'm like, oh, what? No. He's like, Rock said I got the look. Oh, no. I'm like, what? He's like, Dude, oh, yeah. yeah. He's like, I'd be in the wrong game. No, 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 She's got the look. Bye. Like, uh, yeah. So I'm that's it's not a total theme of pump up songs today, but I was thinking of that and I was like My brother went to <laughs> my brother my second oldest brother went to Miami of Ohio and on his dorm room floor there were two guys who played on the football team. And like every Saturday morning they'd get up at like seven AM before they would go to like the facilities and stuff and they they'd put on Hell's Bells. And they'd be like shoving each other and stuff and like screaming and they'd be like, Get up like floor three or whatever it was. And like like Oliver, like you know, Oliver would go to the games, but he's like, Man, these guys are like they're they're really into it. And they looked it up. There were two like walk-ons who didn't even dress for the games. Like after like it was like the middle of Rudy. All of them were like, these guys are the biggest losers we've had on our floor. Uh, by the way, they're in a as mentioned before, they're in a rain delay down in Blacksburg. Louisville and Virginia Tech tied at one. Um You've got to see the highlight. Levi Usher did it again. Center fielder for the Cards. Robbing another that, yeah. home run of Virginia Tech. And I love the call. I think it's an ACC Network game. They're like, he's try- He's going to tie the game up. And then like Usher's like, no, not happening. It's brilliant. Uh, but Cards, big series with Virginia Tech. Two top ten teams. I love that I mentioned Louisville's official Twitter account has the as number three Virginia Tech versus number six Louisville. And then you look at the highlights, and it's number, I think, five Virginia Tech versus number seven Louisville. All we know is these teams are good, and the series is important for both uh, ACC division championship status, seeding in the ACC tournament, and also Louisville's chances to not just host a regional but be a top eight national seed. Uh, big time series down there in Blacksburg for the Cards. Do you want to hear that clip, by the way? What clip? Of us stealing their home run? Yeah, do it. Don't Play it. What's going to play? This is what happens when we try to do sound. Oh, there it is. Hunter is ready to tie this one up. No! What a catch, Levi Usher! Don't you sound he dumb. He had it played so Don't you well. Sound dumb. And the Iowa native out in center field just robbed a game-tying home run. One of the times when I had Sean Moth on well, when you were gone, just, just to make you, you mad, yeah, I straight up asked Sean, because he has that, that great home run call where he does the uh, grass, track, wall, gone. Yeah. And I was like, have you ever done it? When it hasn't been a home run, and he's like, "Oh yeah, multiple times." I think I, I think I was listening to that, or I listened to the podcast version of that. Yeah. Were you crying? <laughs> well, yeah, because you had Sean Moth and I wasn't there. Just shedding tears. Like they're in rain delay, Sean. Come on with us now. Come on, yeah, get, get Sean Moth on the phone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's not tied yeah. to anybody here. What, what, what does he do during a rain delay? He because he he doesn't stay on the air, doesn't he? Doesn't he just send it to? He's just hanging out over there. Just We're out partners there. now, right? It's the you know the the, the Louisville yeah. first. Yeah. Louisville 96-1 and Big X and our partners. We're all family. Right. So just get Sean on. Just hop on. Um, Texas, did Trevor sing, it's the cream of the fight? (laughs) Rising up. uh, I think that's in the word, lyrics. What? Isn't that part of the lyrics? No. (laughs) The cream of the fight? Yeah. Cream of the crop? No, 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 that's that's Macho Man. Oh yeah. Uh, where's the? Are you looking up the lyrics to "Eye of the Tiger" right now? Of course I am. 
it, it, I, I'll tell you right now, that's not what they say. It's cream <laughs> of the crop. Well, that's what I, is that what I said? It's a, well, the, the texture thinks otherwise. The fa- and the fact that you're not instantly denying it leads me to believe that you may have, have said it. I probably did. Uh, Texas said, I used to work for, by the way, one of the themes of today's show somehow has become seeing naked athletes in locker rooms. That's Oh, it's thrilled the fight. Yeah, I probably did say cream. No, okay. <laughs> oh, me. Texas I used to work for U of L football. One of the players had a torn ACL and was on crutches. He was showering and dropped his bar of soap and started screaming angrily since he couldn't pick it up for himself. I was in the locker room, and he yelled for someone to come in, not knowing what happened and just hearing screaming. Naturally, I went in, and then the player said, I know this is – well, I can't say this. I, I, <laughs> I know this is some bleep-ass bleep, but can you pick this soap up for me? <laughs> there you go. Well done. I should have looked at the last line before I started reading the text. That's going <laughs> to uh, – At least he, he didn't name the player, though. What are you going to do? <laughs> Why we, we, what Pandora's box did we open today? I don't know. Uh, How did we even open this up? Did it, it didn't start with Leitner. Was it me because I mentioned Ken Norman, the snake? Yeah, it, it was. I guess, yeah. But you know, you started with Jim Rome <clears throat> checking out Larry Brown. No, the, the, you did the, the Norton thing first. Oh, did I? I think. I don't know. I don't know. We're, let's let's <laughs> just say we're egg. equally to blame. Chicken in the egg, yeah. No one's innocent in what's happening today on this show. We're not. We haven't stopped it either for for what it's worth. Well, why would we? What yeah, are, I what mean, are you going to do? It's it's Friday the thirteenth. We're trying. I, to I want to hear all the story. I, if you've ever seen an athlete naked, I want to hear it. I did. I did know. Okay, I don't. Well, I don't know if you remember when um, the big show was down in Louisville at one point. Back I do. Um, which speaking of Al Snow, I think a lot of people saw his penis at the when he did the show at U of at Louisville. <laughs> That was a big story. I wasn't there, but I heard several people saying that. Well, Big Show came down here, and uh, my buddy's girlfriend, her somebody she worked with, actually hooked up with him a few times. Awesome. Yes. Have can questions? Co- can confirm. Okay. Yes, it is uh, It is perfect proportions with his body. Oh, it, it, that's not what I wanted to <laughs> Trevor, Oh. Okay. I thought you wanted to know something else. No. <laughs> Just that it happened. Oh, yeah, she hooked up with him. But see, that's, that was annoying. Was that the whole story? Well, I didn't really ask me. You just want to talk about the Big Show's crank. Okay, well, yeah. let's, let's, let's move well, on. Well, Big Show always annoyed me because he, he, claimed, because he came down here because he had some problems with painkillers, and he famously said in an interview post that the one thing that always keeps him clean is he never wants to come back to a horrible city like Louisville. Oh, really? Yeah, he said that like after he got back to the big yeah, well, like, bleep the big show. Yeah, he was like, hey, hey I, I don't know, maybe she broke his heart, though, for all we know. I'll just never forget one of the years that he was down here. I think it was either my junior or senior year of high school. And yeah, it was, I was working at Carbo because I saw him in the mall a few times. Trinity and Stanix, they we both have pep rallies before the big game every single year. And like our pep rally, I remember like senior year, it was it was lame. Like our pep rally sucked. Like we got, we we actually wrote on the uh, the student newspaper. Played Eye of the Tiger. We, we actually wrote in the student newspaper. Like the one of uh, Jonathan Meter. Shout out to him. Wrote a big column about how like the pep rally for Stanix game had started to suck. Like as we've gotten older. Like it was it was very cool when we were younger, and now it's not cool anymore. And that same year, the big show was at the Stanix their pep rally. Like we just got completely dogged. Of course we won football because you know Trini doesn't lose to Stanix in football. No, of course. Besides this year. Um, but like it, like when we heard that, I was like, well. I mean, we had like one of our teachers come down and like lead. I think we had a priest leading the cheer, um, and he <laughs> messed it up. Like it was this thing where it was like he was supposed to say "Who's mean? Who's mean?" and we yell "Green," and he's like "Who's green?" and we all were like "Mean? We're mean." <laughs> so that's what we that's what we had going on. And then they had the big show coming out. They also it was well, the, it's the big show. It was the year after. Like Trinity tried to do this thing where it was like it's not actually just about the football team; it's about all the sports. Which let's be real, like it's 
it's the one pep rally we have all sing all year long. It's about the football game. But so they would try to bring out other sports to try to give them some shine. And they did this yeah, thing that where time, even at that time, no one Trevor, no, yeah, didn't care about it. It was the year after we had gone to the state championship game, the baseball our baseball team, my junior Ooh. year. And so they were like, "All right, we're going to bring the baseball team out." I'm like, "Well, this is cool. Like, I get to be a part of the pep rally. They'll like we'll get to like jump around at midcourt with the football team, and like it'll be fun." And they brought us out to the accordion version of "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." That sounds cool. It was not cool. <laughs> like, like everybody's just like politely golf clapping as we walk out there. I'm like, what are we doing? Let's run up the accordion. This is the worst thing of all. Weird Al Yankovic plays the accordion. This is terrible. This Steve is Urkel good, played the accordion. This is a good question from a texter. <laughs> as the supportive yet passive Louisville baseball fan, what are the biggest things to be excited about this postseason? Offense, offense, offense. Yeah, I, it, even in even in, in yeah, I think we we there's probably a few teams that we don't have a shot at least outscoring if we have to. In terms of batting average, this Louisville team, number 13 in the country in team batting average, um, and some of the other teams that are on that list, are we've played them and fared well against them. Wake Forest just split the series with them last weekend. They're the number two offensive team in, in college baseball. Virginia, who we're going to see next weekend at Jim Patterson. If you want to see a fantastic series, uh, go out to Jim Patterson next weekend. Virginia's the number three offensive team in the country. You're going to see hits galore. It's We are, when you're talking about hits, Number nine in the country. We also have a bunch of dudes who can hit for power. Ben Mensinger has 15 home runs. I know uh, Ben Bianco, I think, is right there. He's got a ton of power. Cameron Masterman has been mashing. He's got 14 home runs. Um, Dalton Rushing's got 15 home runs. We have uh, four players, five players, with at least 11 home runs, which is sort of a rarity in college baseball. What, so, what do we have in terms of the possible draft coming up? Good question. Couldn't tell you off the top okay. of my head. I'm assuming we're going to have multiple guys drafted because we do every single year. Usually, yeah. I'm just curious on how much we'll lose as well in terms of impact uh, for next year. Not to think too far ahead. but We kind of do this every year, though. And baseball does this thing. Most baseball teams have this. They kind of have cycles. You have a big recruiting class. They'll come in. A lot of those guys will get minutes, kind of get thrown into the fire as freshmen. They'll be better when that class is at sophomore year and then that third year is when they really you know it's your chance to make a run and then you kind of reload again now Louisville has done a good job at just being pretty good and developing guys period I think Ben Bianco because he's a senior now I think he has the type of swing the type of power where I would imagine he's going to be drafted Uh, he just has that major league swing he probably he doesn't hit for average as much as some of the other guys but this is not really supposed to be one of those years. I mean, we have guys that have developed. Metzinger from Trinity is a senior. Masterman, who I mentioned from North Oldham, is a senior. I mean, we start, if you're looking for another thing, Texter, we start five guys from basically the Louisville area. That's pretty in, cool. In our, in I our, like that, yeah. In our, our lineup most days. Like, we have, we've always relied somewhat on local talent, and I use local as, you know, Kentuckyana and also out in the state because we've gotten some of the, I mean, some of our best players over the years have been from Lexington and that area because, you know, Kentucky sucks at baseball and we're good. We, this year, I think more than ever, we are reliant on local-ish talent because although those guys have played big parts on the, the best teams we've had the last 15 years or so, you've still had, like, the superstars typically have not been from this area. You've had, I mean... Corey Ray from Chicago, yeah. Brennan McKay from I think Pennsylvania. Was he? Yeah. Then we have somebody. We had, we've had some Wisconsin, I believe, in there as well. I'm thinking that somebody was from Wisconsin, but um, it wasn't Henry Davis, was it? Maybe I know we I know we've recruited through Wisconsin and Michigan well. well yeah, we recruit the Midwest better than yeah. anybody. Like we've gone and we basically get the best players from 
the Midwest area and say, like, we think you're just as good as the guys who can play this game year-round. Um, yeah, Henry Davis is from New York, Bedford, New York. Um, shout to Bailey Brothers Building and Loan, Bedford Falls. <laughs> Did you, you watched that movie this year, didn't you, for the first time? What's that? It's a Wonderful Life. I never got to. Oh, you never, said you were going yeah, to. Yeah, I was never got around to it, yeah. But like, that's another thing, I think, to be excited about. Just the, the influx of local talent on this team, how driven they are by guys from this area. Cade Grundy's from Somerset, uh, who stepped up as a pitcher. Um, you've, I mean, just if you look at the roster, you go down it, you see it's not just guys that are filling out roster spots. It's guys that are playing big-time roles. Um, even guys from kind of out in the state. Garrett Schmelz is, a, is from PRP. Um Caleb Corbett from Fern Creek, Trevor Ambergy, um, Oldham County. Like it's just it, it's it. I think that's a fun thing. You feel like you have more ownership of your team. It's kind of it reminds you a little bit of something you've talked about a lot, Trevor. How the best Louisville teams when Louisville was when Louisville basketball was coming of age were fueled by local talent, mm-hmm. and how that's kind of been something that we've lost a little bit of in recent years. Now, the last ten years or so, we've had more local players. They just haven't been the type of McDonald's All-American future NBA stars that you know they, they were in the 1980s when Griff and those guys were, were leading Louisville to national titles. Football, I think over the years, I know we've had a lot of luck recruiting Florida and other parts of the South, but when you look at the best teams, there's always been Louisville guys right there in the middle. I mean, Brom, Bush, Arudia, Eric Shelton, like, or you know he's not from Louisville, but Kentucky area, like Montrell Jones, like you've always had guys from this type of area that have played a big part in the success that we've had. Even now, you still have a little bit of that. Marshawn Ford is is yeah. one of our best players and going to be one of our best players this season. I mean, that's why you have to be able to take back the city from, from the big dog in the U.K. because, yeah, I mean, Louisville may not produce, you know, you're not, I mean, you're not going to get a Brom or a Bush, you know, every year, but they come around every so often. When you do, you got to make sure, I mean, you don't lose guys like, and I'm not saying they're in the same boat, but like a J.J. Weaver. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know. Grew up at U of I mean, that's the other thing, too, is we've been losing guys in recent years to Kentucky who aren't just from this area, but who grew up as Louisville fans. Yeah. Who you should have every advantage to get. If they're going to go somewhere in state, it needs to be to Louisville. And that's been one of the most disappointing things. And I know it started with the guys like end Jerome of, Brown as well for yeah, Creek. I, I know it started with the end of the Petrino tenure, but the fact that we haven't really picked it back up has been discouraging. I mean, when you have, I guess it was three years ago now, the best crop of recruits to ever come out of the state of Kentucky and you don't get a single one of the top 10 it's it's a huge opportunity lost and we got we got number 11 who is Aiden Robbins who is now transferring he's playing at UNLV yep like that's just and those guys a lot of those guys are the ones who have been making plays when they've been kicking our ass two out of the last three years like that's it's, it's got to change you're right I, I know that you can't go out there and get players like the rest of the state's the rest of the state when that athletic story came out where Kyle Tucker's talking about like you know coaches from Owen County and you know Harlan County being like we don't hear as much from Louisville as we do from Kentucky well that's because we know we're not going to get your kids like your coaches are all diehard UK fans they're going to send their kids to UK if they have an option but you've got to keep the best kids in the city of Louisville home because more times than not we've been the biggest producer of talent in the state and when you lose guys to you know you can't. I mean, it's one thing to lose, yeah. Like you, lo- when you lose, you know, Montreal Jones to you know Tennessee or Tony Driver to Notre Dame or you know even Eric Shelton to Florida State or you know um, I know he didn't pan out when he did come back here because we went after the wrong guy. We should have gone after his teammate Corey Peters, but um, Jeff, the Jeff McKinley dude went to Michigan and transferred down here. Um, Basketball player? No, what was his name? The, the defensive line. He played deep. He was a defensive lineman. It went to Michigan, and he. 
He played next to Corey Peters at Central, and I saw scouts when they were both on there that told me, yeah, that guy sucks. Corey Peters is the real deal. And, and clearly that dude from Boston College, that scout that told me that, was dead on right. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he transferred here and moved him to tight end, and he never played a little. He was a, he had so many off-the-field issues. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but the point is, is that, you know, if you're going to lose, I mean, if you're going to lose one of those guys, that's, that's one thing, and you know, that doesn't always happen. We, we kept James Quick from Ohio State. Um. But, you know, you can't lose in the UK, man. You and just that, can't. That was the disappointing thing, too, was it felt like we'd sort of turned a corner in, on that front where and, we were getting, when we had the rare five-star or high four-star talent in this area, we weren't just – because when I was growing up, you mentioned Tony Driver. Like, I remember that recruitment and just being like, well, yeah. Like, of, of course he's going to go to Notre Dame. Like, he was wearing Notre Dame gear, like, all his, right, his like, junior year in We weren't even school, mad about it. Like, we were yeah. mad about it, but we understood. Like, it was just kind of a given. If you have the type of talent to go to a place like Ohio State or Notre Dame and you're from the city, why wouldn't you? Well, let's not forget Chris I Redman even, wasn't even going to come here. Right. I even remember, like, going to, to – when I went to college, and people know this, like, Brian and I, Brom and I, we grew up together. We're, I still consider him a good friend. Yeah, you name dropped a lot. Yeah, he comes up because we, we, you know, we talk about the Brahms a decent amount around here, and like, so it's going to come up. <laughs> we share exotic fruits. We, play, we was, played FIFA when he was making his college choice. Like, there was a very real part of me, even at that time, like it, selfishly, as I, as I as much as I want him to come to Louisville, that was like. Look, I'm not going to blame you if you want to go play at Notre Dame. It's it's freaking Notre Dame, and I think that even in the last. 15 years or so, at least for a period of time, had been flipped where it was like, if you're James Quick, I can see why you would come to Louisville. Like, we're producing as much talent as those guys, like, and we're on the, the rise. If you want to truly be like a hometown hero, you can do that now, and, and you can do that and win at the highest possible level. It's not just, it's not a Chris Redmond thing where you're going to be a hometown hero and throw for a million yards on a seven and five team that's fun as hell, but not really a player nationally. You can come here and, and play in the biggest picture. And we lost that really quickly, which was super frustrating. I think one of the biggest disappointments of the Petrino 2.0 era. And we still are working towards getting it back. And certainly Vince Merrill deserves credit for stopping that that progress. Like, he's played a big part in why we haven't been able to make that happen. Yeah, Petrino, Petrino was the one that overlooked Corey Peters. who was a three-star. Who, that, that was swinging a miss on that recruitment. You can't get – I can't, just can't blame Petrino for, like, losing, like, Keenan Burton. Because Keenan – because Burton wanted to play quarterback, and we told him he couldn't play quarterback, and so he went and then he never, of course, played quarterback. But, yeah. but yeah, I don't know if you remember, like, yeah, Redmond. I mean, Oklahoma, very close. Well, it was Illinois, and then Illinois, yeah. The first was Illinois because I can't remember the name of the OC. He apparently loved their offensive coordinator up there, and they fired him. So then he was going to go to Oklahoma with Schnellenberger, but then he just decided to end up just coming, staying home. But didn't, thankfully, he actually signed. With one of those two schools. I think it was Illinois. It had to get out of his because and it was because of the OC firing, if I'm mistaken. I remember if I'm if I'm right, because he's told this story before, I think there was like a big hubbub about it. Like 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 they did not want to let him out. And this was back Probably in the day not. where because nowadays most of the time I think schools don't want the negative PR. So if you have a player who loses well, he, a coach or, so, or for whatever reason just kind of wants out of their LOI, they're gonna do it. Not to mention he was high school player of the year. I but mean, there was like a big <laughs> pushback from I think I think you're right. I think it was Illinois. Um, to not let him out, and they ended up doing it because most times you do it. Uh, you, you know, that's something you might not know. Redmond almost was a Wagner Wildcat. Was he? I would have been going into his freshman year. Was uh, it was his eighth grade year? I guess was his dad's last year at Wagner. Okay. And then he got let go at Wagner, uh, and then went to Mayo, and so therefore, instead of came very close to Chris being a Wagner. I mean, man, fun fact: he succeeded. 
the head coach he succeeded at Mail was my uncle, uh, Jim Jordan. Um, so oh, really? If if Uncle Jim had been just a little bit more successful that his last season at Mail, I think I remember I remember who they lost to. They lost to the Sales in the playoffs. It was a big big deal. And I remember when it happened, my dad was like, "Well, that's it. Like they're like they're going to get rid of him." And if that hadn't happened, you would have enjoyed Chris Redmond playing for the Wagner Wildcats. So blame my uncle Jim. Well, it didn't didn't help that dad wasn't exactly the best at covering up grade changing at Wagner either. <laughs> he's better doing it at Ballard. <laughs> well, now he's he had had to do it at Mayo. They had talent. <laughs> Folks, your seventh region athletic director of the year, right there. Uh, Texas is college football trivia time. I love it. Oh yeah, bring it, baby. Oh, this is a this is this is a lengthy one. I don't know if this is great for radio. Well, I mean, what are the 16 college football teams whose mascot name does not end in S? Oh, can you name those some questions? Or yeah, I mean, you've got the Green Wave. Uh, I love that. That's the first one that you you went with Tulane. You, the, you've got the well Tulsa, the Golden Hurricane. They're they're singular. Correct. Um, the oh, I'm, I'm, I'm if better you get to five. We can stop. Yeah. Um, Just think of colors. The movie. No, <laughs> colors, blue or red. Um, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap out too. You, you give me the other tap three. Tap out at two? Well, I'm just. I'm well, there's to... sixteen. I was just gonna let you get to five. Uh, I mean, oh, oh, wait a minute. And Pepperdine, aren't well, they? They're not D1 football. Oh, I was just thinking. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't hear you say D1 football. I was thinking colleges. Um, uh, oh, uh, Orangemen, Syracuse, the Orange. Orange, correct. Yeah. Um, St. John's doesn't have a football team. Um, that's three. Uh, yeah, I'll tap out of three. I mean, Alabama, Crimson Tide. Oh, yeah. Notre yeah. Dame, Fighting Irish. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stanford yeah. Cardinal. Uh, NC State Wolfpack. Illinois. Wow, I didn't realize there were so many. Nevada oh, Fighting Wolf, Illini. Nevada yeah. Wolfpack, Fighting Illini. Marshall Thundering Herd. <laughs> North Texas Mean Green. The, the Texas, the North Texas and Marshall ones are. I kick myself a little over. UMass Minutemen. <laughs> My buddy used to come went to Marshall. We used to call him the Thundering Turds. Brilliant. <laughs> He's a kicker at Mar. He's a kicker at Marshall. Brilliant. <laughs> Texas says, "Do you remember the infamous Teddy B photo?" Of course. Oh yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> I saw it. And I was just like, "Of course." He's the coolest guy alive. There's, I mean. I've never thought of any different. By the way, I don't. I just had to look this up because I don't know why. But the coach, I guess that <laughs> that took over for Redmond didn't want to play for was Ron Turner. Oh my god, <laughs> Chris! No one ever, in hindsight, no one will ever blame you for not wanting to play for. And then Ron he be- ended up becoming Illinois head coach down the line. No, he was. He took over as Illinois head coach. That's well, not who, when Redmond was there. Yeah, he took over in '96. But he was Illinois head coach in the 2000s. Yeah, late, no, no, no. He that you're thinking Ron Zook. Oh, I am. You're right. Oh, actually, Turner left originally in 2004. There you go. How did he keep his job? Because I'm I always think of him as the Bears. Because he coached with he coached uh, with Chicago as well, the Bears. Now, what's that guy doing now? <laughs> Ron Turner <laughs> stealing a check from somebody. They went from Ron Turner to Ron Zook. Face down in a ditch. <laughs> to Tim Beckman. Wow, they have been bad. Texas says Marshall was the worst place to go when we played them a few years back. Never go back to that crappy place again. I heard a lot of people saying that because that was the the stadium or just the city. Huntsville. Huntsville's pretty. I mean, it's the area. Yeah, I've been Huntsville because that was the game we, we we were talking yesterday that the famous the. Lamar Heisman season, how it played out. He had the, you know, the wild numbers game in the first half against Charlotte, the f- the the famous leap and highlight filled game against Syracuse, and then the game against Florida State. 
And the game immediately after that was was Marshall, where he started a little bit slow. They, they gave us a little bit of a scare in the first half. And I heard from a lot of people that went there that it was just ugliness, not fun, fans unruly. Like it's just, and well, that's kind of their reputation. I, I can't too. speak for that. I mean, the town itself is. I mean, it's backwoods. I mean, it's it's right. I mean, it's right over the Kentucky border, right by Ashland. I mean, it's five minutes from yeah. UK from Kentucky. Um, they're passionate. I'll say that. I, I yeah. remember they went to. I mentioned my brother went to Miami, Ohio. We went a few years after he graduated. This was when Marshall had just come up to FBS, and they were in the MAC, and they were kind of it was like ninety eight, ninety nine, roughly. Wasn't yeah, it? it was. Yeah. I think it was my freshman year of high school, so it would have been ninety nine. Yeah, like they. It was like basically Miami, Ohio versus Marshall for the MAC championship. Like before they had like a conference championship game. Like whoever won was going to be in the driver's seat, and Miami Stadium like was just overtaken by these dudes. Like they did like come on. I've like, seen the movie. Like yeah, their chance like were from side to side like just dwarfed anything like i was like holy like these could pretty impressive see i knew a girl went to marshall that's why i used to go to visit her to you know texas the fans were actually worse than west virginia in my opinion and that was the the trip that i when i knew well, people that are in travel, the same state <laughs> i mean when i knew people who would travel with the team for every game when we were in college like that was the one big east trip that everybody was like oh my god like those people are yeah i've heard yeah bad never been but i've heard i've, I've heard not good things about the good the lack less of good people than west virginia Texas said my dog went rogue and killed my flock's rooster. Oh, you just reminded me of something. Trev, do me the honor of naming my new one. New dog or new rooster? <laughs> Say what? Is are these euphemisms or is this literal? <laughs> Can you repeat that one time? He said my dog went rogue and killed my flock's rooster. What? Trevor, do me the the honor of naming my new one. Uh, Am I reading something I'm not supposed to be reading? I don't know what. For, okay. One, why do you have a a, a flock of, of roosters? Do rooster, is a group of roosters a flock? Sure. Okay. Um, Hen house. Yeah. <laughs> why is your do you mean rename your dog? I think he's getting a new rooster. <laughs> he wants you to name his bleep. His <laughs> Teddy. I, there you go. Yeah, I I will say this though, Texer. If anything, your story did it did trigger a memory that I meant to tell you earlier. So Wara has been. By the way, you did not bring Wara here. I did not bring Wara. I tried to bring Khaleesi, but she didn't want to come. Khaleesi had a great time with me yeah, last time she was she here. She sometimes doesn't want to go on car rides. She just will run to the window and just wait for me to go out instead. But so Wara has been. I, he's done this before when he was here. He would leave like dead mice in front of the, of the door here at the studio. Classic cat move. Yeah, it's just a way of saying is my mom likes. It. My mom claims it's like you know him saying thank you or it's a gift bring for the a family. gift. Yeah. So he's been doing that as well here in my house, apparently. Been leaving him on the back porch, like, uh, you know, a mouse or whatever. So this morning, apparently, I slept through this. No shock, I guess, to anyone. But I did somewhat wake up to hear my mom yelling about something, but she yells about everything. So I just kind of go one ear and out the other. Turns out what it was was he brought in a gift in the house this morning. Oh, no. Yet it wasn't exactly dead. Oh, no. And it was a chipmunk. Oh, no. And my mom said a thing started running through the living room. Next thing she knows, it's like Christmas vacation scene, the way she described it. Like, the dogs started chasing it. Khaleesi and Arya were, like, determined to catch this thing. And Laura's just like, you're welcome. Just, like, laying there looking at her. And this chipmunk's running around the living room. She said she did get it out of the front door alive. What a day at the Kelsey Manor. I'm like, and here I am. I hear her going... Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm like, well, she probably stubbed her toe or something. Oh, like yeah, okay, you know, turn turn the sleep apnea mask up a little bit, you know, go back to roll over. But yeah, uh, when I woke up, first thing she goes, "Did you hear me screaming?" I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that was a chipmunk in the head. Told me that story. I started laughing. 
Are you familiar <laughs> with the film Grey Gardens? No. Should I be? It's a relatively famous documentary from the 70s about two older women, a mother and her daughter, who are very like, like wealthy in the Hamptons in New York. Okay. But who live this very bizarre life together in their house. Looking where, at the like, Wikipedia page. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's it, I mean, it's you have to watch it to kind of believe how these people act. Like it's, it's a fascinating thing. And I kind of feel like a Kelsey Manor documentary could be the new Grey Garden. <laughs> I don't know. I want to like, get a, a glimpse of the real life of Trevor and Nancy. It would be like kind of like the office version a little bit. Like, <laughs> yes, like I, I think it would. I think it would do numbers. I think this is a maybe the best reality idea show. Of, a, the best idea I've had in a long. I time. don't know. I mean, it's, can you imagine just sitting there watching? For example, say we've done like a Truman TV type show. Okay, like you're just like for six hours just watching me like sit there in my chair playing video games. Well, no, it would have to be edited. Clearly, the show would be like five minutes long. <laughs> I think the dialogue between you and your mother would be fantastic. Oh, no, not that much. No. It's mostly her talking nonstop and me kind of shaking my head going, okay. That to me is fantastic. <laughs> I think, see, like, you don't see it from an outsider's perspective. You don't see it from the audience's eyes. She, she has a, a tendency of telling me everything. That, Every again, detail. Again, this is the best idea I've had in a long time. I'm going to make this happen. She's doing the mail game tonight. Every Rory, every Rory fan, Rory fan, what's what I'm looking for? Ruly? Ruly, yeah. Every Ruly fan, Rory. <laughs> Rory McElroy. Uh, every Ruly fan that comes in there, I'm going to hear about later on. <sighs> what do you mean I got to play professional basketball? <laughs> uh, the texture says I'm, uh, he, he was actually talking about quite literally getting a new rooster and having it named Teddy. There you go. Name it Teddy? N- name, yeah, that's right. You mentioned the golfers. My buddy, my best friend from Dallas is actually at the Byron Nelson right now, the tournament, and uh, sent a picture of him trying to get a fist bump from Taylor Gooch, who just completely denied him. It's I don't know fantastic. who Taylor Gooch is. He's a terrible golfer. Great name, though. Awful golfer. Awful golfer. It's the Gooch. Fantastic picture. Uh, <laughs> take this poor Nancy. Where did she go wrong? <laughs> well, hey, that, my mom be first to tell you, you have not... I loved when when I was a kid. I you know I didn't even know I was pregnant until about four months in. Do you know what the drugs I was doing until then? I'm like, thanks, mom. Explains why I try to bite my own ear for the first three years of my you life. You turned out great. You, you <laughs> turned out fine. Uh, let's take a break. There's, a texter has a question about the NBA. I do kind of want to talk a little bit about the NBA last night. Once again, I missed the good game and watched the crappy game. I haven't watched a good NBA. Every time I have an opportunity to sit down and watch like actual playoff basketball, it's been absolute crap. There was a good game last night? The first one was good, wasn't it? I mean, relatively good. No, that was a blowout. That was a, I mean, it was a single-digit game. The second one was a total blowout. Uh, I didn't watch really either one. Tricks were whooped again last night. Uh, we'll talk we'll <laughs> We'll talk about that and also <laughs> what's going on tonight coming up in the next segment. It's the Mike Rutherford Show rolling on here from Jeffersonville, Indiana on 1450 The Big X. It's sad goodbye. 
nothing coming through in my ears. Oh, I thought you were just listening to me jam. I legitimately thought that you were just, can we fix this? <laughs> I don't know what happened before. I, I hear nothing. You don't hear you don't hear me? I, I hear nothing at all. This board is like going out. It's like on its last on, leg on over second. here. Let me, let me try something. Give me to the heart and mind. Ignorance is kind. There's no comfort in the truth. Pain is all you'll find. I'm never going to dance again. It's guilty feet of God. No, really. Come on. Murray got to the chorus, Mike. What are you doing in there, buddy? Did you break the OG studio? Rutherford is broken. Guys, when you come in on Monday, at least not Terry because he's going to be on vacation. The bl- blame Rutherford. Something got unplugged there. Now we're we're good. Sorry. You so, hear me now? Yeah. Something you're, got unplugged. You're George. I don't. I legit <laughs> thought that the, the sad thing, actually, the great thing is hearing you belt out George Michael. I just assumed it was a normal break. Like there was no, <laughs> there was no part of me when I didn't hear you coming over to my my earphones that thought like. Well, just assumed it's, it's, it's just like me. this is a normal day on the show. Like there, there was no part of me that was like, oh my god, are we back on? Like why is he singing so loudly to George Michael? It was just a normal break. Yeah, I have, I have been known to, 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 to be in rhythm. I just thought you were having a moment. So here we are. We're back. Welcome into the Mike Rutherford I didn't show. do the clapping with it, though. God, I love it. This is the final show for at least a week where we're not going to be giving away Louder Than a Life and Bourbon Beyond passes. If you haven't heard about this, starting Monday, all next week, we're going to be giving away one pair of single-day passes per day, Monday through Friday. We're going to be calling this the Pick the Headliner Contest because – Every single winner gets the pick gets to pick the headliner that they want to see. We still haven't decided how we're going to do this, but the same guy or, or, or girl has texted in a couple of times saying we need to have some sort of thing out there for podcast listeners. I think I agree with them. I, I do too. There will be one day next week where we'll give – at least one day where we'll give podcast listeners a chance to get in on this because – yeah, you shouldn't you shouldn't be punished if you can't listen to three to six. We understand people have things going on. Sometimes you can't just you know blare radio shows at work where the guys are talking about seeing cranks in locker rooms. That's just sometimes frowned upon. But uh, we'll we'll figure out a way to do this. We may do something different every single day. Not a place I want to work at. It's gonna be. Fun. I'm sure we'll figure it out at two fifty five on Monday, at least for Monday's day. But there will be at least one day where podcast listeners have an opportunity to get in on the action. But we're excited about this. I think it's gonna be fun. the The lineup at Louder Than Life and Burn Beyond is, is oh, tremendous for this year. So everybody should have a good time. I'm also, I, I do love when this just happens on air, when I check my email and something. So. <laughs> what did you get invited to this time? Well, I mentioned I, I get weird requests. And so earlier today, usually it's somebody who's like, hey, would you be interested in like talking to the <laughs> Secretary of Agriculture from West Virginia? I'm like, no. But today I would. there was this company, this this woman who works for a company called Baketivity, where <laughs> they have like they all basically it's like all these sorts of desserts from all over the, the globe. Oh, like, my mind went somewhere else. <laughs> I, I know it did. They have like the, all these different, like the best desserts from France and Germany and Italy, and they send them right to your door. Like you can make them yourself all summer long or just enjoy them pre made. And I was like, I mean, yeah, like I, I love desserts. So I just responded, like, this sounds very cool. Would love to try it out. Because at the end, she's like, you know, let us know if you'd like to have any kits to, for yourself. And so she just responds now. And she's like, great. Are you working on anything that Baketivity could be a fit for? I'm like, you know what? Hands up. You got me. You, you, Baked, we, we, yeah, bring them on. We're actually doing a radio special on, our, on the Mike Rutherford Show on the best desserts from all over the globe. It's like, have you or your co-host experienced any? I mean, you're telling me. No. We, let's, Mike, buddy, dude, homie, G, we, we, we spent an hour talking about 
memories of seeing athletes naked in the locker room. I think we can spend 30 minutes talking about desserts if it gets us free desserts. Well, the question was, are you working on anything that Baketivity could be a fit for? Yes. And I guess technically we could say yes. Yeah. I don't even know what they do. I don't care. I want desserts. What are what is the best dessert in France? Let's see what they say. <laughs> Australia looks like some cake. Italy Ooh. looks like some ice cream cake. Sweden looks like some sort of cinnamon roll thing. Does Australia is there is there an dessert upside down cake? France, it's eclairs. <laughs> I should have guessed that Those one. Those yeah. look delicious, actually. Yeah, eclairs are good. Mexico doesn't look good. I don't, I don't want any part of it's that. The, that's the the churro, right? Exactly. I've never had a churro. Netherlands chocolate cake. Mm. Okay, that looks good. German so, German doesn't look good either. German chocolate cake. No, Germany looks like some sort of weird, I don't know. It's too crust. I'm still going to eat it. I'm, I'm all about the dessert, especially if it's a pastry. I'd say, I don't know. I, I would have to get back with Molly from Bakedivity. I, I, I don't want to give, I don't want to give maybe more free advertisements out because Arby's still owes me money, but, uh, which I didn't 445, get, first Arby's mentioned. Well, I didn't get to go to Arby's Day because we're not near one. We're not. Like, yeah, and so I didn't get to do it like, like I do with the other studio. But we had some donuts in the studio the other day at that, at the, at the, the, the New old, the new studios across the river, and those donuts, man. I took a few of them home because it was a weekend. I figured nobody else was going to care if I just took the last oh, like Jeff's. one. You give oh. me a shout out. Jeff Donuts is good. I- I'm fine with giving no, him a shout out. No, that's, that, there's beyond, there's good and there's the word I describe them. Dro. They're very good. They are those things are. I'm, I'm, I'm I looked them up. They're not on DoorDash, but I think I'm going to go by there tonight or tomorrow and get some. My mom when she came by to, to help us, uh, they're huge. She came by. They, they're enormous. She came by to help with the kids a couple of Saturdays ago, and she brought some over. They were fantastic. I mean, I had there was four of them in this box, and this is me. Like you would think, four donuts normally don't last after midnight in my house for like more than five minutes, but like these donuts lasted me like two days. Like I would eat, I, I can only eat like half of one at a time. They're very good. Oh man, that's the strawberry, a chocolate, a peanut butter. Oh, I can't wait. Jeff, look- Jeff, 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 get on board with us. It says it's open twenty four hours too. We're willing to work with you. Twenty four. Fourteen fifty, the big X. We're open twenty four hours. Too. I mean, could you imagine seeing me walking at three in the morning in sweatpants and a t shirt, like flip flops, yeah. and like being like, Easily. "Yeah, I just want some donuts." Trevor, by the way, texted me last night and asked if "slaps" was a word that the kids are using now for things that are good. And I was like, "Yeah, since like two thousand eight. No, see, I disagree. I've always considered when I call somebody a slap, it's like like they're yeah, but goofy if, and if a song slaps, it means it's good. I've never heard that. Sounds stupid. Well, I hate how I hate how some kids like use use already established words and oh, we're just, that one's cool. We'll just give it our own meaning. No, you're lazy. It's just lazy laziness. God, you're so old. I'm sorry. If we are. I'm sorry. If we've already accomplished something. Don't I, don't just steal our thing and act like you've invented it. Which yeah, I, that video Arby's was trending last night because I think I guess I swear it was Corey Kubigan Jr. on the podcast. Who it looked like Kubigan Jr. like doing his podcast. Like talking about Arby's, and they were like praising Arby's, and so Arby's was trending. And he kept calling, he's like, This Arby's is a slap. I'm like, What the hell is this guy talking about? It's not a slap. It's <laughs> if it slaps, it's good. It's usually used for music. Well, <laughs> it's probably a dumb saying for, a, for probably a bad song. <laughs> if you say that, you are a slap. You're a walking ham slap. Okay, Trevor. Uh, so the texture says, would you be more invested in the NBA if Patino and George didn't block Louisville from getting an NBA franchise? I'd be more invested invested if John Wine Brown, who actually cost us the NBA, did it. He did. And also the, the was it the mayor? I think it was Dave Armstrong who really dropped the bag on this. It was it was between Abramson and um, God, whoever was 
the mayor when I was in high school. Like that was the big story. Right, Abramson when he always the mayor in high school. <laughs> Pretty much, he's the mayor through my time. Is he not life. the mayor now? I swear he was. Didn't, didn't we establish this at one point? I think it was Dave Armstrong who really like was the one who really like the guy that went to the moon. No, that's Neil. <laughs> we brother like. Apparently, like that was a done deal if he just signed off on it and didn't. Now, George and Patino definitely did not want the NBA to come here. I don't think there's like that's pretty well established. Here's but also they weren't going to come in 2017 anyway. Here's the thing, and I know a lot of people like to like turn around and be like, oh, Patino didn't want him here because the Yum Center. He's so selfish. I mean, if you look at Patino's eyes, honestly, and this is someone who loves the NBA, or at least the most part, has enjoyed the NBA his whole life. I didn't blame Patino for not wanting to have to share the Yum Center right away with, with an NBA team. I don't either. I mean, this honest. the analogy I used to use was like, could you imagine like being growing up and you get your, you finally get a car, you get you, you you've been you you shared a car your whole life and you you just turned like eighteen and your parents are like here's your first car it's yours now you don't share it with your sister and you're like yay, then two weeks later like you're sharing it with your sister again. I mean that's that's kind of like I mean he spent that entire time having to share Freedom Hall and dealing with those issues. And yeah, if you want to get mad at him for not having the Grizzlies, that's fine. But honestly, again, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again: if you, if there's somebody you truly want to blame for the NBA not being here, it is 100 percent John Y. Brown. Where do you stand? The dude is hopefully rotten hell. And we really, jeez, <laughs> I just don't like John Y. Brown, man. We are <laughs> like in now in the doldrums of of off season radio. Where do you stand on NBA to Louisville? Like if, never, it's not happening. Well, I, I think I agree with you there. But do you want it to come? I would like to have it a little bit. I'm so like I'm, I'm very torn, and I've never because like the NBA to Louisville people have hit me up multiple times over the years and been like, hey, we'd love for you to write like this thing about why it'd be a great thing. And I'm like, well, I'm not sure it would be to be perfectly honest with you. I'm not so I, like I'm not completely against it. If it came here, I think there were elements of it that would be very cool. I also think it could be a huge financial blow to the city if a very plausible scenario, which is a franchise comes here, it's embraced for I don't know eight years and then bounces for a bigger market. If that came to fruition, yeah. Unfortunately, here's the thing, though. If we did get a team here, there's not many bigger markets left. No, but it could go to you know back to Seattle. Well, somewhere like that. That's the thing is that I still until 2018 thought Louisville had a chance of getting a team. Louisville lost their chance. Patino, Y Brown, whatever. Louisville's last shot went down the hill when the Vegas Golden Knights were successful because what that did was opened up. That was the test of the four major sports. It says, if you can do a team in Vegas, we'll start with the hockey. Now you've got the Raiders. If you don't think the NBA is eyed to Vegas now, then you have no idea what the NBA is all about. Seattle was already a lock. So Louisville had a shot coming in with Seattle as the other Eastern Conference team because you're going to go one west, one east to keep it even because they're already they're even currently. So that was Louisville's one chance. Was You knew Seattle was always the lock for the west. But now with Vegas, you're likely what the NBA will most likely do is they'll put Vegas and Seattle in, and it'll move Minnesota the East, and that and that's how they even it up. So that's I think Louisville lost it when Vegas showed that they can host major sports teams. And they also said just like a couple months ago, like we're not expanding anytime soon. They're like, yeah, they will. Like, they will soon be rumors, up, but, yeah. but they're basically like, I mean, not in the next five years. I mean, CNBA. This is a team that, that added eight teams in like six years. I mean, it's times have changed. That's why the NBA is. Kind of where it is now. I mean, and the NBA doesn't need to expand. I had this argument with somebody last night. As I'm watching these playoffs, well, the NBA talent level's gotten bad. Like it's early 2000s, almost bad. What? Like you? Yes. Like you were getting teams that have one star with a bunch of role players who are contending for titles. That's not the NBA 80s I grew up in. 90s, even though I watched. Oh my god. No, t- the talent level is starting to water down. In the NBA. We're seeing a lot of the good talent that we had back in the mid 2000s. 
that's going out the door, and there's not a lot to replace it at this moment. So you think teams from the 80s would just be dominating the NBA right now? Well, in depth, yeah. But, like, those players, if you take them and plant them right now and took, put them against, like, the Phoenix Suns tonight, you think they would dominate? Well, Bob Lanier just died, so I doubt he would do very well. In I'm the saying, <laughs> like, them from their, themselves in 1988. It depends the style you allow to play as well, too. Okay. I mean, it depends the referee. I mean, if you let them play the 80, you know, 80 style, then, yeah, the days and kids would not know how to deal with it. And it would be interesting to see how the, the, the old stars would deal with the hands-free motion. But, yeah, I mean, it's just it's gotten bad. I mean, the, the NBA in the 2000s was not good. Texas, Trevor complaining about slaps doesn't slap. <laughs> Texas, the baseline slaps. That's where slaps comes from. Slapping the base. Slapping the base. That was that's not even the best part of that movie. No, but it's a good part. It's all right. Texas says, "Well, the bastards got me." They are purporting that Mike O'Connell is the most corrupt politician in Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> he finally clicked. He finally listened. Uh, Texas says, "Mike, you might remember that Scott Reagan and I had Artis and Dr. J on the phone for Dave Armstrong to talk about our, uh, an NBA team, and he didn't take the call. I did. That's my dad texting in. Um, that's why. I mean, Dad got dinner with Dr. J. That's awesome." I've got that. I've got an autographed basketball from Dr. J. I've told that story where he for my first communion and I dribbled yes. it right when I got it. Yeah, I think you did tell me that. This yeah. is, it's the same guy who got us on the floor for the Bulls game that I mentioned earlier. He had very deep ties to the NBA, and I can tell you beyond the shadow of any doubt that Dave Armstrong was the one who ruined Louisville's best chance for an NBA team. There's zero question about it. Uh, Texas, when Trevor talks about the NBA, my ears start bleeding. <laughs> Yeah, well, try watching some of the NBA. I thought that was going to be a compliment. Like when I saw it, I'm like, I'm like, my, ear, I thought it was going to be my ears perk up. You want to see something bleed? <laughs> Memphis is like the number two seed. Memphis is a bad team, not a very good team at all. You don't think you know, John Morant's exciting? I mean, he's a better attitude Russell Westbrook. He is. I mean, his game's pretty much Russell Westbrook. He just has a better attitude. He's phenomenal. Uh, Texas Louisville will get a w- Russell Westbrook, huh? He's like five inches shorter. Texas Louisville will get a WNBA team more likely before an NBA team. That's 100% true. I feel like that's, out of all the professional t- franchises out there. I mean, yeah, because all we get is minor league is what you're saying. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we do. Like, but I guess Lou City jumping to the MLS maybe is more possible than getting a WNBA franchise. I would think that's more likely for us than anything, even though Cincinnati's probably going to be punks about it and try to block us, I would think. Who cares? Screw them. We're better than they are anyway. Yeah, screw Cincinnati. Speaking of, Lou City. Big news. They had the draw last night for the round of 16 for the U.S. Open Cup. We're going to host Nashville SC nice. from the MLS in the round of 16. Nice. It's going to be a big-time atmosphere at Lynn Family Stadium. I think it's exciting. Um, Would a WNBA team be supported here? I think so. I mean, look at how we support UFL women's basketball. I mean, I guess— I mean, They were outdrawing the men sometimes. Honestly, you know right, you're right. But it also, with the NBA, like, people always say the NBA would thrive here. It, it would thrive, like, for the first, like, month of the season, but the team's no good. I promise you, the attendance is going to be nothing within the, by the end of the first season, and, and and so on. I actually agree with you. I mean, it's it, I've it's, always kind of thought the same. Thing. I know. I mean, I would love it for it to be for it to be successful. I have significant doubts. Listen, the Pacers. Listen, people of Indiana support basketball just as much as we do. And when Pacers were bad, their attendance is not good. I mean, and and it's just yeah. The only places that actually support losing basketball at professional levels is the West Coast, like Golden State, Seattle, Portland, Sacramento. Their attendance numbers have always been good, even when, I mean, Sacramento, Golden State at one point went 17 years without a winning record. And they were constantly in the top half of the attendance normally. Who do you think is the highest attended? Because the, the actual attendance numbers do not back up your theory. What, for Louisville? Or? Best attendance in the NBA this year. Oh, this year? I don't know. Uh, I'll say Golden State. Chicago. 
It's Chicago. It's a good. It's a. Well, it's a good market too. Number two, Philadelphia. It's also a good, very good market. Number three, Dallas. That one surprises me. Actually, number four, Miami. That one shocks me. Number five, but they are the number one seed. Number five, Boston. I mean, not a shock. Good market. Number six, Toronto. Toronto's normally, I think, a good market. You have to get to seven for the first West Coast team, which is the Lakers. Knicks are eight. Who, by the way, were Cleveland a bad nine. team, I might add. Jazz 10. Warriors are 11. Which is, to your point, though, it's a little bit misleading because the Warriors have, it's just a smaller arena. They have 100% capacity. Oh, okay, yeah. They right, have 100% yeah. attendance, like, uh, like, like other teams on the list. They just have an 18,000-seat arena as opposed to... A 22. Yeah, 20, like Dallas yeah. has. Which Dallas somehow has a 102.8% attendance. I'm surprised. I mean, I know Dallas was... I mean, they were a 51 team this year, so I guess... Who do you think has the worst attendance in, in the NBA? Minnesota? You just mentioned them, the Indiana Pacers. Were they, I mean, we were the third worst team in the league, yeah. I'm telling you, Pacer fans... I guess I'm to blame. I haven't been to a game in a couple of years, but I mean... they Yeah, Pacer fans, when they're not good, they do not show up. Texas, they should just take Sacramento and move it to Vegas. That's not going to happen. They've already – Sacramento Kings are staying there. Sacramento also has the second-worst attendance in the NBA this year. I saw a – Really? What's the percentage in terms of – 82. Still not bad for a team, but bad as they are. The worst percentage of attendance is Washington. 75. Yeah, no one cares about basketball and the bullets for the bullets or the, I saw the, the old clip of the – I don't know where it came from, the, uh, the Doug Christie fight. Which uh, one? The one with him and Rick Fox. And when they was Seattle and L.A.? No, it was Sacramento and L.A. Oh, okay. When they went in the tunnel and like kept going. And, Vaguely like, Shaq, remember, yeah. Shaq is in like a, a full suit because he's not playing. It's a preseason game. Oh, okay. And he's like taking on the entire Kings and like Vladdy Divac's got his fists up. And it made me forget like how like those Sacramento teams were so fun. And like that rivalry was so fun for that brief period. But a little sp- brief span, yes. Like a three-year span. And they they, they sh- probably should have won that series in wow. 2002. I mean, oh man, certain some some referees will tell you they were they were going to. <laughs> Texture says Dallas is a West Coast team. Can you qualify Dallas as West Coast? No, no, Midwest at best. Southwest, Southwest or mid? I'll take it's mid. Texas. Yeah, they're Southwest. Even though is it? I thought Dallas was on the eastern side of the state though. Are they near more the central? Houston, I know, is on the eastern part, and San Antonio, I know, is on the western. Isn't Dallas near the middle? I think that's I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, uh, Texas Western Conference. Sorry. Well, yeah, we were talking about well, West yeah. Coast too. That was Trevor's point. But that's what I'm saying. East, but Minnesota will. What they'll do is when they put Vegas and Seattle, they'll move Minnesota to the east, where probably the central with the Pacers, which that geographically makes sense. I mean, Texas as Trevor keeps talking, the dumber he gets. Trevor sounds smart until he looks at the numbers. Uh, the numbers didn't make me look dumb, did they? Well, kind of. What? I mean, the fact that the Kings were a god-awful team and still sold 82% of their attendance, that's not bad at all. Well, it's second worst well, in the entire league. True. <laughs> still not bad. Look, we're not a numbers show. <laughs> this isn't a show that values numbers. We're not going to do it. Only inches. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to break. What? Five o'clock hours coming up next. We'll have an update from Blacksburg on the Louisville baseball team. They're back underway out there playing. Gigantic series kicking off between Louisville and Virginia Tech. I also do have a football note that I want to get to. I promise we're going to make that happen. And then more of your text. Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Hour number three, the five o'clock hours on the way next. It's Mike Rutherford Show on 1450 The Big X.
Friday, five o'clock hour. You're, you're not your fan too, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm. A, I think people like mock me, like oh, Usher sucks. I'm like, I like Usher. I mean, yeah, I, I'll even listen to like some uh, even the, the the more popular. Uh, I don't call it recent Usher because it's probably not recent. It's probably like 12 years old now. But like, I, I was. I, I'm not gonna lie. When OMG came out, I was jamming a little bit in the car. I mean, if you didn't have Confessions in 2004... Actually, Confessions were you like, even was the, alive? That was like the one album I didn't have. It was like the biggest album in the world. I think still is like one of the top 10 selling albums of all time. I, where was I? You remember? I was, I was in limbo. You're gone. Like, I knew Confessions because I dated a girl who loved Usher. It was like big in Usher, too. And like I said, I liked, I liked the early Usher, like My Way and Meet Me One. My like, Way's a jam. Like the early stuff. And then like the in-between Confessions stuff, I didn't, didn't listen to. And then I liked the OMG and the... Uh, what was the other one he had that was real popular recently, or semi recently? I guess you could say like recently isn't like like came out around the same time the OMG did. Yeah, what's that was like 2010. I don't know. I don't oh, know. what's the other song? It wasn't what? He's got a lot, Trev. A lot of hits. <laughs> Usher Raymond, big time superstar. Not to be related to the guard that played at uh, Georgia Tech. <laughs> or oh we'll- yeah, the name was the, yeah it was the song just yeah. Remember it was Little John and Ludacris? I mean, again, that was from like 2004. That was, I believe that was on Confessions. Oh, well, then maybe I know Confessions. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be damned. I thought that was later on. Quite literally 18 years ago is when Yeah was a very popular song. I thought that was later on. I never knew that was on Confessions. More of the recent Usher stuff, like Yeah, from 2004. Okay, OMG, I'm least I'm right on. That was 2010. Still, I mean, again, <laughs> 12, 12 years, years ago. ago. I, 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 There's like two 24-year-olds listening to the show that was like, <laughs> I did puberty when that song was out. Is that recent? I don't even have conscious memories 12. of when that came out. I wasn't alive when Yeah came 12 on. 12 years ago. Uh, did you ever hear the story? Oh, I love that we're starting. You've, you've now, here we go. So when I always blame me for this. I do. <laughs> but it, these are things that I like talking about. When Confessions came out, everybody assumed, because the whole album is essentially about a bad breakup, and he knocks up a side piece, and it ruins a relationship with a girl that he really loved and thought he was going to marry, and everybody assumed it was about <laughs> Chili from TLC, because he'd been you, dating her. I think you've told this before, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't, and they finally revealed that like it was uh, basically like, all these songs were about Jermaine Dupree, the producer's life. And they just kind of put them out there because they knew with Usher it was going to be a big splash and it was going to make all this noise. But they're all like loosely based on stuff going on in his life. She was kind of crazy. She was hot. She was like uh, also like 15 years older than him. Was she? Yeah. You don't see that too often. No. He did well for himself. Though. Um, I mean, but I mean, if that song's, I mean, that shouldn't come as a surprise because, well, hey, the song's, the, the, it, the whole album's called Confessions, not just a clever title. But B, I mean, just isn't the song we were just playing. I mean, he's talking about wanting to hook up with another girl while he's in a relationship. Well, that was like his first song that came out. That was like 98. 
Was it was it that or you made uh, was it my way or or I think you made me want was his first hit. I think it was the same album, so yeah, they were. Was, I, yeah. I believe I was in like seventh grade when that came out. Oh, I, yeah, I remember the jams. Seven o'clock on the clock. I'm in, I'm in the drop top, cruising the streets. Oh, I'd, that's one of the few songs like I can. Uh, yeah, I know that one word for word. I love it. I still. What places you've never seen? Do you want the hands to go? <laughs> I can name. Them. I mean, <laughs> you know. At a certain point, like there's only, <laughs> there shouldn't be that many. Well, at that, that time, I mean, he was maybe, how old was Usher when that time? He was probably my age, like 17, right? Well, I don't think, no, I think he was older than that. Uh, not much. He's he's born in 78. I'm born in 80. There you go. So, yeah, he's just, I mean, he was, what, 19? I mean, you were 19. There were still places you hadn't seen, right? Yeah, there were. There were, I mean, there were a few. There Some were things are, that I legitimately wanted to talk about to start the five o'clock hour. And like, I, I, I've, <clears> I've lost them all. I can't. I, I don't even remember where I was going to go now. You've thrown me for a loop with Usher, but what are you going to do? <laughs> Usher just does that to us all, man. He does. He does. Here's one, though. Would you like to see DJ Wagner play basketball in the city of Louisville this month? Yes. Just say yes. Two weeks from today, it's going to happen. DJ Uh-oh. Wagner, his AAU team, which is the uh, New Jersey Scholars, against... <laughs> Clever name. <laughs> Sounds like an oxymoron. Couldn't help yourself. <laughs> They're going to take on Reed Shepard and the Midwest Basketball Club at 7 o'clock, May 27th at Valley High School. The Southland's never been a rockin'. Uh, Let's be real. Like, I, as much as I wish this wasn't the case, it's going to be like 90% QK fans, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, Reed Shepard. Val- you kidding me? Yeah, yeah I think like, you might be underselling that. It might be more than that. So Purvis Ellison, Purvis is going to be back in town because this is this is his squad. He's coming back. Yeah, we he, wanted on with the coaching staff. He's the program director of this New Jersey Scholars team. Um, it, rare that he comes back to this area. Things it looks like are going to change now in the Kenny Payne era, which is good. But Purvis has said we're going to have a red section and a blue section, and we expect to sell it out. I'm sure fans will dress in their favorite colors and show all the players on both teams intense love that people in Louisville have for basketball. Cool idea. I'm glad that it's happening. I think it's awesome. The only thing that kind of sucks about this, and I know you'll roll your eyes, but I do think it's a legitimate issue, at least for Louisville fans, is that's the first night of Forecastle, and Jack Harlow is going to headline that Friday night, and it's going to be going on at like exactly the same time. Oh, that's going to be – yeah, that's – I'm not going to roll my eyes at that. Listen, whether I, just because I don't get into Jack Harlow doesn't mean I don't recognize that he's – over like over like rover. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's going to be. I mean, that'll affect it on both sides of the, the spectrum. I think UBL and UK, but I think obviously it's going to probably hurt UBL fans a little more. But I'm excited. I, I think it'll be a cool thing. I'm excited yeah. to see how Reed Shepard. The place will be sold looks out. again. Yeah. Oh, it absolutely will. Uh, it does kind of remind me of the the famous was the Sebastian Telfair Terrence Farley PRP doubleheader with Lincoln when they did it at Louisville Gardens back in the day. Um, didn't go to that. They, I mean, we've. It's not the first. We also. I mean, but those have been real games. We've had like Hargrave Military when Terry Rozier and Anton Gill were on that team. They came here and played, and like Rozier scored like sixty six, and Gill scored like sixty seven. It was the, some crazy thing. The only one I really remember is the only one I ever went to, and I'm not saying that I don't remember, but the only one time I ever went to a game like that was when Ballard played Oak Hill. When Oak Hill had um, the Diop guy, they ended up getting drafted by the Cavs in the lottery. I remember them; they played. And then uh, that was the Ballard team with the, with Childs and and Patton and and all those guys. Yeah, and I actually got to sit behind like I was sitting like courtside behind the basket and just watching like that Diop guy. That, like I said, it was a bust in the NBA, but was you know seven foot. I mean, just a monster standing. 
And I've stood next to some big dudes. Like, I've stood next to Rick Smits and George Mirasan and uh, the, the guy, the other seven foot four guy played for Cleveland. You stood uh, next to George Mirasan? Yeah. That's pretty cool. How'd yeah. that happen? I was just, I, I watched the Bullets and uh, he, was, he was with the Bullets and I went to watch Bullets and Spurs. And I, this is back in the day when you could actually go down to the court before a game and try to get autographs. Oh, nice. And he kind of walked up. Yeah, he walked up. It was a fun experience, except for Jim McElvain would only sign the autograph of people who named out state capitals, and my mom would do it like six times in a row. And Jim McElvain got to the point where he's like, well, ma'am, you're going to shut up. I interviewed him on this on this radio waves a few years ago and brought that story up, and he just laughed. That's I was like, yeah, I know you don't remember this. He goes, oh, but I used to do it all the time everywhere I went. He's like, yeah. that's hilarious. A quick update down in Blacksburg. Louisville and Virginia Tech still tied at one. They've played five full innings now after that, that weather delay. Uh, cards actually had the bases loaded, it seemed like, and apparently they reviewed a call at first base and overturned it. Um, they're cheating down there. That's, what, that's what's they're, happening. They're, their field looks kind of cheap, doesn't it? Well, you know. I mean, is it me or does it, does it kind of – I mean, I don't mean to be mean to Virginia Tech, but that's but not going really to be anyway. give a care about Virginia Tech people. But, <laughs> yeah, they, they, it's got like a Cardinal Stadium look to it. Like, it looks like there's – I'm mean, not going that far. I'm just – I'm, seeing, I'm seeing batches in the outfield. I mean – yeah. It's not the most pristine field in the ACC. That's an understatement. We can say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's fine. Great team, though. Virginia Tech, number three in the country, uh, according to Baseball America. Louisville, number six. It's a top ten series in Blacksburg. Big-time stakes on the line, both for Louisville's chances of winning the Atlantic Division, Virginia Tech's chances of winning the Coastal Division, and also, I guess more importantly, their national seeding coming up in the NCAA tournament, which will be getting underway Next month, do you think they play under Sandman before a baseball game too? I bet they do. I think they do it for all sports. I didn't know they did it for basketball until I was just re- this was just this year. I always thought it was football originally. Yeah, and they sing it like the the whole. It is pretty it. cool it to is, see. It's very. Cool. I mean, I, listen, I, I want to hate it and being even as an opponent in the situation, it's pretty cool. Uh, I've got the best news that I can give, you. and you may have seen this already. If you haven't, though, this is the best news you're going to hear all Friday, maybe all weekend. Really? Yes. Okay, so, I'm 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 all ears. One of the the a show that we did a few months ago, right before we were going on air, we found out that Norm Macdonald had died. Yes, and you're not we starting were, this out well. It was September. We, we we were very sad. We played the the moth joke at the beginning. We spent the first thirty minutes talking about Norm Macdonald, um, as opposed to usual when we're hardcore sports talk at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> so we all were very sad, and one of the reasons we were really sad was you know. All the norm content that's out there is all the norm content that's ever going to be out there. Not so much. Huh? Netflix revealed yesterday oh, that to see this, yeah. late in his life, Norm MacDonald, realizing that the, the writing was sort of on the wall and that he may not be around for much longer, secretly recorded an hour-long special of brand new material, fresh material that he was very par- uh, proud of, that he wanted to be put on Netflix in the event of his death. Huh. That's pretty cool. Everybody who's seen it, the 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 friends who have seen it, and I think they're going to have like some people talking about him intermittently throughout the the stand up. Some you know, college, I think Sherry O'Terry from SNL and some other people are going to uh, David Spade, David Letterman, um, Molly Shannon, Adam Sandler, Conan O'Brien. They're all going to be a part of this, and everyone has said, and of course they're going to say this, but like it's fantastic material and he's not he wasn't doing it just for attention he wasn't doing it just for well, yeah he's not he, he's, he worked he really hard it, re- on it. it wants it revealed after his, his death and he had attention i think it's far from it i mean he can't get any attention really yeah and he said personally <laughs> his suggested title for for it was quote nothing special <laughs> which is going to be what it's called norm mcdonald nothing special released on may 30th 
So I'm very excited about this. It's going to be an hour long stand up. Couldn't be more cool. pumped. And Norm's the man. And what a, I mean, what a brilliant forethought to see, to realize that this was going to be a cool thing and one last way to get thoughts that you still have inside you that you want expressed uh, posthumously out there. Like, I, I think it's just a, an awesome way. Comedians have this great way of turning tragedies and very depressing things into tremendous content. And I'm assuming that's what he's going to have done here. Like, I'm, I'm very excited to see what he has to say. And, and I think it's going to be, like, couldn't be more excited to watch it. I don't know how to change gears to this. Okay, do it anyway. But I just see, and I don't know, maybe you've seen this. I just saw a Matt Jones tweet about it that apparently oh, C-Rod. he just skipped his court case. Maybe not the best idea. Um, <laughs> you think? <laughs> What's, I mean, on top of it, dude, you weren't looking at anything more than maybe a suspended license and community service if you did show up to it. Yeah, and if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Kentucky running back Chris Rodriguez, a big deal. I mean, yeah, I guess one of their best players. You were out, I guess, on Monday too. So you, we didn't really get a chance to get into this, did we? We haven't really talked about, it, and I don't yeah. really, I don't have much to say. Well, about no, a, it's a college kid getting arrested for for driving under the influence, but that's what happened. He was charged with operating a motor vehicle while under the influence, and he has apparently earlier today now had a warrant put out for his arrest because he failed to appear in court for his arraignment, and the judge also imposed a two hundred dollar fine. Now, Matt Jones, you mentioned him tweeting about this. He says, he says now. You may want to hold off on judgment on Chris Rodriguez for not showing up in court. I'm hearing some extenuating circumstances that have nothing to do with Chris. I suspect that the charge gets dropped. So that's out there. How is... Because it's in Lexington. I mean, come on. Charges are always going to get dropped. I mean, first of all, lesson one to all you youngsters. Don't break the law when you're breaking the law. So if you're going to be driving with a little buzz, don't drive with broken taillights. Lesson number two. Was that what happened? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely. and that, that's that's you know, like, don't don't break the law if you're breaking the law. It's kind of like a bat when you're about to score a touchdown after being really productive and you fumble at like the two yard line. And here's here's which it, is what Chris Rodriguez. Is here's lesson number two, for. and I'm not condoning. Just walking all over my joke. It was a good joke. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Great player fumbles around the goal line way too often. I got memories because Deshaun Jackson did that like three times. <laughs> it's okay. so it's bad memories to that. But also, here's lesson number two to you kids out there, and I'm not advocating that, you know, hey, if i got a buzz, I can drive. Because buzz driving is drunk driving if the TV has taught me anything. Don't even try to do it on Derby Weekend in Lexington. It's a po- it's just, or in Louisville. Just poorly thought out. I mean, not bright at all. I mean, don't do it anyway, really, but particularly on a day or a weekend when there's probably like 10 times more cops out than there is normally, and then you have no taillights and you, you've got a buzz. I mean, I don't know. You're just asking for it. Yeah, exactly. Now, and now, honestly, this being probably for Spence, he should have showed up to court. I wouldn't have even suspended him for a game. Give him, at this point where we are to the season, I would say this just gets lapsed. Maybe have to do you know jockstrap laundry for a month or something. You know, something along those lines. Like if it happened during the season, then maybe a game. But yeah, I mean, you got to show up for court and don't tell me extenuating circumstances. What he he overslept? Well, I mean, what's extenuating circumstances? What he got? He didn't feel like going. I mean, he didn't, I'm sure something will be. Th- th- they're deciding what those extending circumstances were right now. This kid's an idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. This kid's a moron. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to go that far. But I mean, yeah. I can. Can't you see? I, I'm assuming, without looking at their schedule, that UK plays a nobody in week one. I can see him being suspended for the first game. If you want, that's fine. I, at this point, with am I the, totally wrong about that? I feel like I'm going to look it up and it's like, oh, they're playing Old Miss. No, no, they. <laughs> 
Kentucky. That's only they don't do that. Well, it would have to be an SEC team. Yeah, if it's, no. it's going to be somebody. Good That's in week true, one. true. Because they do play. They have played a cupcake like late in the season last few years. So they, yeah. It is my Ohio. Well, yeah, it's close enough. Um, like the fourth my Ohio mentioned on the show today. They play, <laughs> yeah, where are they getting all this love, man? Shout out Oliver Rutherford. Uh, <laughs> they play Miami, and then they play Florida, and then Youngstown State, Northern Illinois. And Louisville—that's their non-conference schedule. Yeah, if you want to suspend them for like a half or for a game for game one, that's fine. And if you, or if you don't, I mean, that's because we're by the time the season comes around, this will be forgotten anyway. But doesn't help when you keep keep not just showing up to court, Chris. Just show up to court, get well, your punishment, you move know, on. They've got the number one draft pick at quarterback. They're gonna be fine. It's not a big <laughs> deal. Are we allowed to make fun of a guy who scored like 17 touchdowns against us? It seems like it seems poor yeah, judgment. Cause, yeah, because I mean, we were responsible for like 80% of his touchdowns last year. I'm not questioning that he's good. I just don't think he's the number one pick in the draft. No, he's not. And if he, if he proves me wrong, then he proves me wrong. I mean, yeah. Again, he's being named number one court, uh, quarterback at a time when a year ago to this year's draft, Sam Howell was thought to be the number one pick. And he ended up going in the fourth round. I also, I mean, to, to call a spade a spade, I also don't think Malik Cunningham is going to be a first round pick like that getting, guy from CBS says he is. I don't think Malik Cunningham's getting drafted personally. I, I mean, <laughs> would, I, if I was a betting man, I would probably wager on your side. It doesn't mean he's not a great college player. It doesn't no, mean he's not no. going to have a great season. I just don't see him as an NFL quarterback, at least as of right now. Although no. he's been working out with some of the best, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but people, football guys were going crazy about the fact that he was working out with this QB coach guru the last couple of weeks. So. Did I miss the Eagles concert? Yeah, last night at Yum Center. Oh, blimey. I thought I was thinking about going to that. I didn't know it was so close. I thought it was just right like a couple months away. Well, you missed it. I don't know what to say to you. Oh, damn. <laughs> By the time they come back around, there's only be like one member left. I mean, there's, there's barely the Eagles anyway at this point. They had Vince Gill filling in last night. I mean, they had this Don Henley's like on a respirator. He's like the last one left, him and Joe Walsh. Louisville's taking the lead over Virginia Tech now. Yeah, right. That cheers me up a little bit. If you're looking for because apparently the call that they overturned, Louisville, I'm just seeing this from the Louisville side, people were thought it was should not have been overturned. So maybe this is karma, but Louisville scores the go-ahead run on a wild pitch, which was a strikeout. Swing and a miss should have uh, kind of ended the inning, and instead Louisville gets a run because uh, the ball got so far away that a, a Levi Chris uh, Sang scored from second base. I'm so watching cards that. lead 2-1. to one. In the visitors' half of the sixth inning, I feel like a game's flying by, isn't it? It really is. Well, it even is, with it, the rain delay. I mean, like it's low scoring, so no. It started when we got on the air. I mean, this game's ooh, in seven minutes. Rampage is coming on a uh, TNT. Texas, Did we turn the TV on there for you? Texas says, Trevor, please refrain from giving any type of advice. Oh no, no, do as I say, not as I do. Trust me, I. You want advice from me? 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Uh, Texter says, Eagles was amazing last night. I'm sorry, Trevor. I can't believe it. Nobody told me. Texas says, Trevor think he's saying he was thinking of going to the Eagles concert is like Kramer saying he needs to sign up for the New York Marathon. <laughs> it just makes me mad because, see, the last time the Eagles were here, I couldn't go because I couldn't afford it. And now I've got to, I, I can afford to go. But, like, I didn't. When you want to go to a concert, how do you not, like, write down the date of the well, concert? Well, I mean. You want an honest answer? It feels like you're looking for someone to blame here, the way that you're talking, and I I don't really think that there's any direction for you to go, and I think you're quickly realizing that. I mean, no, it's because I, when it came out, I remember looking at tickets and thinking, okay, they're not that. I mean, they're expensive, but not, you know, for for the Eagles, it's they're relatively okay priced. And I thought, okay, I'll buy tickets later on. Maybe I'll just go to StubHub and get tickets. I think the concert was like, this. they announced the concert less than like a month ago. I thought it would be like coming in September or something. When they announced the concert, 
you could have like looked at the date that they said it was going to be on. To be honest with you, I probably did, <laughs> but I had forgotten by now. <laughs> I should have gone to that thing. I even told you. I think we were on there. I was like, I think I might go to this show, and you were like, eh, eh. Texas. How did Trevor miss that concert? Dugan gave me two freebies. Oh, you got it. oh no, suck it, Texer. You did not. <laughs> Dugan just gave tickets to everybody. He actually offered me a couple. I couldn't go. I hate got kids. I hate you. <laughs> got pots. Got pot. That's why I didn't go. <laughs> pots held me down. Texas said Chris Rodriguez will receive the same punishment that Derek Willis got. Nothing. Well, Derek Willis was bad. Yeah. Derek. I, mean, I was surprised that there wasn't punishment for that. I mean, that's yeah. And I've heard he's a very nice guy. Yeah. But yeah. Collapsing out of the car on video is a tough look. <laughs> no, especially being on video. I mean, I guess you could argue he wasn't technically driving, per se. I mean, so, but like he, he parked in a tree lawn, just fell out of his car. I mean, it's one way to, to defend it. I've had that happen to me before. I was gonna say it sounds like you're kind of talking from a, a place of sympathy, maybe even empathy. We went to a party back in the late night, early 2000s, and a buddy of mine just got so hammered. I mean, we lost him at one point, and then we were in this nicer neighborhood, and we finally find him, and he's like just passed out like a block away in someone's tree lawn, and we can't pick him up. I mean, he's a kind of a big dude. He's not a big dude, but he was he's a heavier dude, and we're like, we can't get him. And he's some girls that were just like, you just can't leave him here. I'm like. It's like we're in the ghetto or anything. We're in like, like the woods of St. Thomas. I mean, what's the worst guy? A poodle's gonna pee on him. I mean, he's fine. And we, so we went back to the party, and like later on, we got back. He was a little more awake. We got him in the car. Left. True story. That guy's now a cop. <laughs> I love it. He's also the same dude that stole a piece of pizza at Wicks when we got hammered there one time. Bold move. And when these people went to go to their table, and he was like. I can't wait anymore. He grabs a slice of pizza off their table and starts eating it. Good lord. <laughs> so Wix Wednesday? It was Wednesday. It was hilarious. Wix Wednesday used to be fantastic. The one on Goose Creek, yeah. That's where I worked. Texas, I could have sworn that Trevor was about to say he had tickets and forgot the date of the concert. Oh, that would have really pissed me off. That would have been equally believable, if I'm being honest. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have done that, because I would have put something in my calendar about that. Texas, have you noticed that? Have we noticed that no Louisville media has reported on Chris Rodriguez missing his court update and a warrant issued for his arrest? This would have had multiple media members at each Louisville outlet pursuing this this right if it was a U of L kid. No, I, first I, I don't want to play the oh this would be if this was in Lexington Louisville would be covered you know vice versa stuff. It's it's a kid missing a DUI court date. I don't think it should be even spotlighted. Are you ready for some big time golf news? Say yes. Yes. Tiger Woods is back. Oh, no, I think it's what I I just saw on Twitter. Defending PGA champion, Phil Mickelson. Yeah, see this, yeah. Is not playing in the PGA Championship. Dun, dun, dun. Phil withdrew from the Masters. Just because of Saudi Arabia? I don't know if it's, I mean. I saw my boy Greg Norman getting beep on Twitter because something he said. He. (laughs) I didn't even go, I didn't even bother reading what he said. I just saw him trending and. Not the right. I don't think he phrased it properly. Is that he, what it was? You know, because the 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 Saudis basically had a Turkish journalist murdered. Yes, yes, I know that. Yeah, pretty well documented. Not, yeah, not not a secret at all. Yeah, I can't pronounce his name, but we all know it. Yeah, he was asked about this and kind of defending the Saudi Arabian golf tour that's trying to be made. He being Greg Norman. Yeah, and he essentially said, like, yeah, that happened, but everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> didn't go over great people had issues with the, the phrasing um, yeah i don't think i don't know if he meant to be bad yeah that's <laughs> not a mistake when you call a hit 
<laughs> it's, it's, and then you know hide it from the rest of the world. Yeah, or at least attempt to deny it completely. Yeah. We, yeah, his exact quote was. That's the prince, by the way. I guess that, that was in behind all that. It's the one that's in cahoots with Vince McMahon and doing all their shows with WWE. His exact quote was, "I mean, it's it's not great." From, <laughs> from what I heard and what you guys reported, just take ownership of what it is. Take ownership, no matter what it is. Look. We've all made mistakes, and you just want to learn from those mistakes and how you can correct them going forward. <laughs> Should have just said no comment. Yeah. It's hard to start to correct your mistake when you've been murdered. I mean, it's, who, who made the mistake? The journalist for going in or the, the – the, I mean, who's – Who's he? I don't know. He's just, yeah. He's basically treating like. Greg should have just been like, no comment. I like golf. He's using <laughs> the same the same words and descriptions of a planned, coordinated hit, a very famous one, that he uses to describe like his play in the, in the final <laughs> yeah, round of the Masters in 1996. <laughs> you just learn from your mistakes and you correct them going forward. We're going to get that jacket. You're not bringing this guy back. No, no. You don't get a second chance at this. Um, so Phil, <laughs> but I, Phil's supportive of the Saudi Arabia golf thing too, right? He is, and he got a lot of backlash, which is why he withdrew from the Masters. And I'm assuming this is why he's withdrawing from the PGA as well. Whoa, that's not cool though. They're, they're, they're forcing him to withdraw just because he has connection with that. I don't think anybody's forcing him to do anything. I think he, this is all on him. Like the PGA Championship, they put out a statement saying like they're they're upset about this. They want him to play. We wish them him and his wife the best. Like all this stuff. Like I don't think that there's any. Like, I think this is all Phil. I think he's just like pissed off that people are all upset at him and I do think he wants to play in this Saudi league and make a bunch of money so he can probably lose not it. have to worry about probably competing for the PJ championship well, and also you know lose it in poor investments which has kind of become his thing gotta keep that hot wife happy too. try to do some insider trading she's way out of your league Phil there was we play I played the greatest in a family got skipped by the way yeah I, I, <laughs> when like the I can't remember what, what tour it was it's been called a bunch. It was once called the Hooters Tour. It's one of the the minor league tours of professional golf, and they had a one of their professional tournaments was at I think Oldham County Shelby County Country Club, and I they did like a scramble beforehand, and I played with Doug Davenport, um, I think Roger Berkman, and then everybody was assigned a pro, like one of the pros playing on a team. And this guy, and he was like, you know, he basically was like. This is my last year doing. That. I can't afford it. He's like, I'm I'm paying to be a professional golfer right now. If I win this tournament, I make like four thousand dollars. Doesn't even cover my travel fees. So he was a good guy from New York, and he had all the inside gossip on PGA stuff. Like he basically was like, told us about how du- he's like, anytime Dustin Johnson withdraws from a tournament, it's because his coke addiction has flared up. Like, don't believe what you say. And sure enough, like that. Sto- wow, that just got thrown out there. That story breaks like three months later that he's oh, in rehab, okay. and he brings up the Phil Mickelson and his wife being very like not shy about the fact that they're swingers and that he's doing all this like insider Sweet. trading and like all this stuff. It's like then that story breaks about him losing all the money and like the stock market uh kind of in seedy ways. Now he's won a PJ championship report, right? Who Phil? Yeah. We won it last year. He's a defending champion. Oh, oh that's why say, it's such a big deal. You, you just and he I know he's won the Masters. He has. So I guess him not wanting to be and there's no reason for him to who gives a bleep about dropping out of these for him probably. Well I mean he's still gonna get paid from the Saudi League, which will be probably, I'm sure, a nice payday. I mean, if it happens, we'll see. Oh, well, true. Um, but, yeah, so that's a that, that's a big story that's out there. Phil, not playing in the PGA, which sucks. I also think that the, I, I'm against the PGA being in May. I think it needs, that, needs to go back to normal. They just changed a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, screw that. I don't like it in May either. <laughs> Texture says, uh, Trevor, how dare you forget Timothy B. Schmidt? Where do I know that name from? I don't know. I don't even know what that's in reference to. I guess is he an Eagles member? No, where do I know that name from? 
Texas Trevor forgot about a concert. Isn't that a side effect of his favorite hobby? Okay, okay, yeah, he is, he's the guy that joined the Eagles later in the late seventies. Texas does Kentucky make a statue for Will Ooh, Levis after he wins the Heisman? <laughs> if Will Levis wins the Heisman, they should make a statue. No part acknowledge he won the Heisman like they acknowledged their 50, 1950 championship. <laughs> he won. Hey, if they're going to do that, then I'm going to then screw it. I'm going all out and tell you that Lamar Jackson was a back-to-back Heisman winner. Should have been. He was. He got stolen. I still hate Baker Mayfield for that. Texas says, Trevor instant classic quote. My mom was screaming, so I just turned up my sleep apnea machine and went back to bed. <laughs> it was good. That was a good one. Uh, <laughs> Texas, Texas earlier this week, the PGA blocked all golfers from playing the Saudi League event in London. That's why uh, these LIV guys are bowing out. Sergio's probably next, I bet. Oh, no. God forbid we lose Sergio. That guy still right, plays golf. When he's supposed to be like the next big thing versus Tiger, like twenty years ago, I'm still so mad he won the Masters. He I, never, he never panned out like to the level, right? He didn't, but then he finally he won the Masters a few years ago. Did he? Okay, it made me so mad because he would always be on the like the precipice of winning big tournaments and then would just fail miserably. He basically sucked at everything besides the Ryder Cup, where he just became awesome in match play. Is that what it was? And then. Like one year he lost the players by going in the water on 17 like five times. And I was like, is it too greedy of me for hoping that he falls in the water now? Like, just make this happen. But then he won the Masters in 2017 and it kind of ruined that whole thing. I just always think of him as the guy like that. They kept like, I the guess. Skip, the, the jump. They want, well, I just think he's just the guy they wanted to be like the, 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 the bird. They wanted Tiger to be like a bird magic combo of like the NBA 80s. And I, I've always felt like Sergio was the guy they kept pushing to be the next, the rival, but it never really. To be a rival, I think you actually have to like compete with the other guy, and he never did. It felt like, yeah. He, I mean, he was the. They definitely tried to make him the heir apparent after I think it was uh, Carnusi. Like he, he had the little skip. He did the blind shot. He was like, he's staring down Tiger Woods. Like he's the like this is the next <laughs> big rivalry. And then it's like, well, no, Tiger's awesome, and this guy's just like a average golfer, the eleventh yeah. best golfer in the PGA Tour right yeah. now, and also kind of a douche. Suck at Sergio. Kind of cool name. He's though. never coming on the show. His name is Sergio. Whatever. I mean, if you're if you're if you're a PR people with golf, I mean, you got to be like, like you're hot. What's your name from uh, you know Billy uh, Happy Gilmore? Like you hit a home one, you're a PR dream. Like Virginia Bennett, yeah, Virginia Bennett, Sergio, the mom from uh, Modern Family. She, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Second break, we'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. Soft. Friday edition, Friday the thirteenth. We'll wrap up coming up after the break. Mike Rutherford show on fourteen fifty The Big X. Well, I started with songs that pumped me up, like, you know, I Have a Tiger and Know Your Enemy. You make me wanna. And then, yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Uh, Careless Whisper, I mean. <laughs> sure. But uh, but then I realized, like, some of my other pumped up songs, most of them I probably can't even, like, air on here. Like, And, and I'm, I'm weird one. Like, another one that came to my mind of a song that gets me pumped up is the, is <laughs> not a huge fan of the band, but I don't care. Is the Limp Biscuit song uh, "Break Stuff"? 
Okay. I mean, you remember that song? Yeah. I don't want to wake up. Yeah, that song gets me pumped. Like, I'm like, I put my head to a window when I hear that song. I'm like, yeah. Uh, but I can't really play it on the air. So I did those first two, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go with some TK Faves, i.e. the monkeys. That's you it. You love right? the monkeys. I love the monkeys. doesn't love the monkeys. Don't you know? Listen. I know. All right. I mean, I don't want to have to. No, I love the monkeys. I don't have to come backhand you in there. I love the monkeys. I will. We've had this yeah. discussion. My mom, Davy Jones fanatic. Who isn't? When he died, I think it was like the worst day of her life. I texted her and I was like, how are you doing with this? And she's like, I'm hanging in there. Aunt Betsy's having a really hard time. And I mean, I, it was a genuine exchange. There are like parts of my life, moments in my life where I'm like, I wouldn't be here once for Davy Jones. Like when I dance, I, I, my rhythm is all because of Davy Jones. I could do Davy Jones is rolling over in his grave right now. That's not what he wanted to hear in the end. He's a locker in the ocean, I thought. No. Texas from Usher to the Monkeys, Trevor's the best in the business. (laughs) You hear that, KRC? (laughs) This is what you missed out on. Yeah. Yeah. Texas, going back to the convo regarding the age disparity between Usher and Chili, Demi Moore was 20 years older than Ashton Kutcher when they got married. Yeah, there have been a few instances like that. It's still oh yeah, big few. Are now are we talking about few? Is in the woman being the older senior, right. or okay, of a, yeah, of a famous couple? Yeah, yeah. I guess it's more. I mean, it's obviously usually reversed uh, more more frequently than not. I mean, we talked about Nicholas Cage is like forty years older than his wife. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, what else to say? Woody Allen was like thirty something years older than his too, but his also stepdaughter. <laughs> uh, Texas says, hey, Mike, it's Art Carmody. You didn't text me back the other day, but I'm glad you're feeling better. I was worried. Keep up the great work on the show. Did Art is, text me? Is that really Art Carmody's number? You have his number, don't you? I do. Let me see. Double check it. Because I know I well, saw now it. I feel bad. I, like, I didn't respond to a lot of the time. I haven't even like gone through my phone from earlier this week because, like I said, I put out the message that apparently people thought like I was dying on Twitter, which, hey, maybe I am. Pots. Who knows? Um, but I didn't even like, I feel like I didn't go through all the text that I got. Well, now, now I feel bad. I love Art. He's the nicest guy in the world. And I like Art Carmody. It's, He's the coolest. It's a, it's a, it's a non lowell area code. That's for sure. Three one eight. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> like I guy's texting. Has he texted the show before? Nope. No. So he texted the show just to get because you won't reply to your personal phone. Well, he did text in. That's the, <laughs> the very first day that we had a show. I know he texted in. It may have been I, from a different number, but I remember him texting. It in. had to be from a different number because I just looked at that text. I have because. This computer has a text line from the morning show that uses it, and I just looked in there and I saw that was the first text from that number. Because I know he listens. Art, you did not text me. <laughs> Straight lie. I felt kind of. I felt kind of. I was gonna puff my chest a little bit because you replied to my text. Yeah, straight lie. I knew. I knew people had texted me that I felt like I didn't get back to, but no, he didn't text me. They're making a scream six. I saw that, and I didn't realize there'd been a scream five. I didn't barely remember a scream four. No, scream four was the one with like a cousin, wasn't it, or something. I don't know. You just watched the. You said the other day. You yeah, like, I rewatched all Scream three. All I watched three one, screams. two, and three in a row on uh, Monday. Or was it Monday night? I think. Yeah, and like, how just, do you do that? I mean, just it came on. Literally came on stars back to back to back. Unbelievable. I mean, the. I mean, the first one's awesome. I mean, it's like you talk about like in terms of horror movies. I like the first two. The second one's not as bad. I thought Scream two was good. It's a nice little twist with the mom and the the woman from uh, Roseanne. Which, by the way, the woman that plays his mom, the Murder Net movie that, that's from Roseanne, I kid you not, I think my mom looks just like her. Okay. Um, if you ever want an image of what Nancy Kelsey looks like, shorter version. Scream three, yeah, no, nah, I mean it definitely takes a huge leap back on Scream three. I didn't hate it, but it certainly was a. 
it was a step back. Well, because right. there was no family left in the Billy side of the, the gene pool to like go after. Wasn't it not spoiler, but I think wasn't it like her. Her mom was a tramp in L.A. and it was yeah. like her stepbrother or something. They basically and, just rewrote the entire backstory. Yeah, to make and, it to make well, it. Well, no, movie. they did claim that his mom was a tramp in the first one. This is what led. Remember, she was banging everybody, including Billy's mo- Billy's dad. That's why Billy's mom left. That's right. And then Billy's mom got killed. <laughs> Boy, man, that hell! I, I'm surprised the dad never came after Sydney. I mean, the mom did, the son did. I mean, that was the only thing left was the poor dad who was confused in the first one why he snuck out of the house. Did you see last night? I know you are all excited about the schedule reveal for the NFL. We I was. Haven't, we haven't pumped. even talked about it. Um, We're going to Detroit. Yeah, we are. We're going to go live show. I looked up tickets already. You saw that. You sent that to me last Of course, night. knowing me, it'll be like week two, and I'll be like, crap, I forgot to go to the game. <laughs> One thought the Lions are the only team in the NFL without a primetime game this year. Are they really? Only team. No primetime game this year. Philly's got five. Is it really? Yeah. We do have Thanksgiving, though, and they gave us the Bills, who I feel like are going to be a wagon this year and probably just ruin my Thanksgiving early, which is not abnormal. Well, Thanksgiving counts as primetime, doesn't it, a little bit? Yeah, I mean, 1230. Yeah. What were your thoughts on the Eagles schedule? I like it. I'm thinking 11 and 6. I'm thinking Lions are going to be 4 and 1 at their bye week. I'm thinking I don't have it right. Beating the Eagles in week one. That's established. Uh, No, that's. Beating the Eagles. I don't think. No. Yes. (laughs) Happening. Um,. I don't have it right in front of me, but I can look it up real quick. Um, but last night when I went through it in my head, and this is including getting swept by Dallas because I figured Dallas would probably sweep it because we have just no luck against Dallas recently. Um, but I think I'm, I'm looking at 11-6 and six for the Eagles, yeah. Uh, which is a good – I mean, you've got uh, Detroit's a win. Then I think we no. beat Minnesota. No. We beat, uh, beat the Washington. Um Beat the Jaguars, so I'm thinking four no start for us. I'm thinking you're wrong. Then we we slip up against Arizona on the road, but then we lose to Dallas. That's two. Lose the Steelers three. Texans are a, a bleep show. They're the worst team in football by far. Uh, they're they're an expansion team. They're so bad. Uh, then we beat Washington again. Or we split with Washington. We beat the Packers in prime time because we always do. Suck at TJ. I think I might go up to the Colts game on November twentieth. We're going to sweep the Giants because they suck. So do you, Sweeney. And we'll lose the Cowboys. We'll beat the Bears. Suck it, Ali. And Rob Jones. And then we'll beat the Saints because they're they're not very good and their fans are the worst bandwagoners in the NFL. I like that that's your rationale. So 11-6. and six, Write it down. You're welcome. There are only, yeah, there are, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 teams have five primetime games. So so the Eagles are tied for the most. And in fairness, we get almost every year locked in Dallas and Washington primetime. Like that's just, I mean, one, or, or the, one we always have two of our three games to get interconference are always primetime because of the level that we are. So 13 teams have five primetime games. Four have four primetime games. Cincinnati's one of those. Cincinnati's one of the ones that has five. Oh, I thought they had four. Okay. They've got five. Chicago, I'm just kind of surprised Lamar Jackson and Baltimore, they're one of three teams that have three. Well, I mean. And then five teams have two, and then six teams have a single primetime game. The Jets, the Giants, the Texans, the Jaguars, the Panthers, and the Falcons. Hell, the Texans. And then the Lions are the only team without a single primetime game. I was going to say, who the hell would play the Texans on primetime? It's us. For the Texans primetime game, I just looked down. I mean, because you know a primetime game just by looking at the time. And it's an 8-15 game, so therefore it's a primetime game. What are your thoughts on the, the week one Monday night game? 
is basically just set up for storyline because the Seahawks are going to suck this year, right? That's the, Probably, the general thought. Yeah, is the defense like, wasn't good last year. They got Drew Locke. Yeah, they're not going to be very good. So you get Broncos, Seahawks is the Monday night game in week one. It's basically just for the Russell Wilson storyline, it seems like. Like, that's it. Yeah, I mean, if they happen to be – I mean, it worked out probably perfectly if they happen to be playing their interconference. Like, this year for us, East plays the the North, NFC North and the AFC South. So, I mean, it just probably worked out perfectly maybe if the West were playing each other. I mean, let's be real. They're, d- they're doing it for TV. Like, it's a sexy storyline. Oh, in terms of where they put yeah. it, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. no other reason to have that being the, the week one money. I mean, that's probably why we against wa- our, our game against Washington this year is a prime time. Probably has to do with wins and things. There you go. I mean, yeah. Uh, by the way, quick update, Blacksburg, Levi Usher, another run-saving catch in center field, a diving catch to keep Virginia Tech off the board. Virginia Tech, though, still has two on, two out. Bottom of the se- – I, I take it back. Uh, he made the catch with two outs. That ends the seventh inning. Louisville will head to the eighth, leading Virginia Tech 2-1. to one. Let's lock this thing Put it up. away. They- I, I like it when we win games and love scoring games because – it just makes me feel better about the pitching staff. They did, and Jared Poland, he started the seventh inning by walking back-to-back guys. He then struck out the third hitter, and they took him out of the game. Tate Keener comes in and, and keeps him in position to win. But that's another, that's a, what, I guess, a fourth quality start in a row for Jared Poland as the Friday yeah. starter. That's, again, a pretty big deal going into the postseason. We, we finally have our number one arm, and he's been consistent now since for the last month since getting that, that role. Props bring, to him. Bring him to the Blue Jays. We've lost five in a row. We've it's been, been on five in a row now. Got swept by the freaking yeah. Cleveland and then lost uh, that little series to the Yankees. You know who hasn't lost five in a row? I know. Cincinnati Reds. They won last night, didn't they? They've won three in a row. Eight and no, I thought they won, I thought they won three out of four. They've won three in a row. They're eight and one twenty-four. You're right. Yeah. The Reds. So it's so bad. My friends, like our Reds text group, like they're starting to like get a little bit of hope, just of being like my buddies. Last night actually made the no, statement. No, you you lost to Milwaukee on Tuesday. I thought they'd won three in a row. You've won four out of five. No, they've won three in a row. They've... Looking at their schedule, you beat Pittsburgh on May 8th. I thought, we beat, I thought we won two against the Pirates in a row. And then we beat the Brewers 14 You won two out of three against the Pirates. Then you beat Milwaukee, lost to Milwaukee, and beat Milwaukee, and now beat Pittsburgh yesterday. Well, whatever. We're rolling. That's, I mean, all, that's yeah. all that matters. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, you're right. Five. I'm sorry. Yeah. Four it's still five. pretty good. A, my buddy last night made the statement earnestly. If we get to ten games under five hundred, I'm back in. And I just <laughs> wanted pod, to get is that podcast Trevor? It was. And his okay. brother was like, I'm actually he's like, all I'm saying is if we take all four from the Pirates, I'm gonna be into the Guardian series. And I was like, guys, this is a team that lost twenty one of twenty two games. Well, first of all, the Guardian series is only two games too. You know who comes after that, don't you? The Jays. Yeah, three games We're in Toronto. Sixteen games under five hundred on May thirteenth. Let's let's stop. Don't do this to ourselves. It's done. It's Ooh. over. It's been done. You're gonna get Manoa, uh, Alex Manoa, and on the mound. It's not good for you. Well, I, I like that they're trying though. Texture says yeah, better than us right now. Me and two buddies have a party every summer during the Jim Rome Smack Off. It's one of the best days of the summer. I've been a Jim Rome fan since 1999. There's a reason he's the highest paid, best in the business. We're a distant second, apparently, according to this guy. <laughs> well, I mean, at least we're second place, right? I'll take it. Um. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. You mentioned the smack off, which I'm, and if that's your cup of tea, that's fine. It doesn't do a lot for me. But Jim Rome, in terms of like radio personalities, and like when you start like talking coaching trees, Jim Rome's like right up there in terms of production of other radio uh, because of those smack offs and things like that. People have won those and gotten radio careers out of them. Really? Yeah. What's his name? I don't even know what that is. So you're. It's where they basically do just a tournament. I mean, people call in and just talk. 
Because you know how he loves to like read emails that are talking smack about people and it's just somebody will call in and do like 30 seconds, like cut a 30 second promo on somebody or something or a team or whatever. And whoever he finds the funniest moves on and still gives a champion. Gotcha. Texas, can we get a B squared update? Bates Brom. <laughs> Bates and Brom. The B squared update of Friday, 553. The update is no update. Amani Bates, once again, not yeah. making a decision until mid June. Jeff Brom. Would love to come to Louisville, but it's not happening this year. This year. This year. Texture says, this is actually a good question. He brings up the, he says, Mike, I remember you guys talking about your Scott Satterfield fan approval poll from after the season and how negative it was. Do you think it would be different if you gave the exact same poll today? Uh, yeah. A little what, bit. What was, the, what was the result of the last one? I remember. Remember it was... Because I, I, I did the same poll before the season, and oh, let me see if I can pull up. I, I basically asked like everybody, like which after three full seasons, what's your overall approval level of Scott Satterfield? Like, and it was like slightly disappointed, very disappointed, slightly happy, very happy, and of course it was like eighty nine percent of people said either very disappointed or slightly disappointed. I think slightly disappointed was the overwhelming choice with like sixty five percent. And if you ask the question now. With, I mean, first of all, you have to remember this was like a month after the season, so the the Air Force and UK wounds were still relatively yeah. fresh in, in people's minds. Now you you've moved on from that. We're getting to the point of the off season where people start to look at reasons for optimism going into the season. We're starting. We're going to hear more about Malik Cunningham and how many people are coming back on the offense, and then the recruiting is obviously the big thing. I think like, I don't think it would be more people are approval or in approval improvement. I can't talk right now uh, are satisfied with the job that he's doing, but I think the results would be slightly less. Sig- I, I think the very unsatisfied numbers would be lower than they were three months ago. Yeah. Cause people tend to forget the past when, and look by, when they look forward to recruiting. I mean, it has, it has sure. a case of, I don't know. I just, I know this is going to be talked about so much and, I was talking to somebody about the other day and asked me, you know, like, would you be okay with him going, you know, if you, would you want him fired if, you know, you go six and six this year and, but you have this great recruiting class. And I thought, man, I don't know. I mean, the great recruiting class is awesome, but I mean, we've seen kind of what Satterfield can do with a good, talented team. That's where I stand. I mean, he won eight games in his first year with a talented team. I mean, we, we then we saw him win less games with a, still a decent team and go down. But uh, with this recruiting class, to say it comes in, I mean, the first two years of this class are not going to be, you know, big splashes. I mean, it takes a couple of years for some, a lot of guys particularly to get into a groove and, and, and get to where they can compete at a high level at D1, I mean, coming out of high school. So, I mean, even if you, you keep him and this class is awesome, and I'm not saying anything, this is a knock on his class, but, I mean, could that level of talent be any more than what he had in 19 when he got here? I mean, you're talking about a team that had a top ten, uh, you know, a number, a top eleventh uh, pick at left tackle, a second round wide receiver, a a excellent quarterback, a collegiate quarterback who he still has, a NFL level running back. I mean, and I know we went eight games, but it wasn't like a big split. I mean, I just I don't know. I, that's even that's why I get worried. Your main point is is kind of where I stand in the because it's going to be a thing, and if it if the season looks like it's trending towards a potential six and six finish, it's going to become even more of a, a thing. You know, do you hold on to this guy just to keep the recruiting class intact? And I stand where you stand, which is 
if this is what he can do through four seasons, which is produce a losing overall record and his only successful season coming on the heels of, you, know, you can say you won with Bobby's players or whatever you want to say. Well, you talent regardless. What? Why should we feel confident that he can do anything with all this talent that he's yeah, bringing in? Because he's at it. That's where I'll stand. Uh, the results of that, by the way, from January, very happy, 2.4%, slightly happy, 8.9%, slightly disappointed, 52.1%, and then very disappointed, 36.6%. So I think like the overall balance between happy and disappointed would be about the same. I think you'd probably see more people going slightly disappointed as opposed to very disappointed now than you saw in January, just because of the recruiting stuff. And this team, by the way, has more too much talent to go 6-6 six six this year with, with the schedule they have. I agree with that. Texas, the Eagles will lose both games to Washington, Trevor. Uh, it's possible. They, I mean, they split last year. I think they'll split, but it's possible. <laughs> uh, Scooter Dingus has said, Jim Rome freaking blows. His voice is the worst. Not sure how he still has a show. Rutherford greater than sign Rome. Thanks, Dingus. <laughs> Texas, Scott Satterfield is the Ned Flanders of the ACC. <laughs> Come on. Ned, don't, don't, I don't like Ned Flanders too much for that. Don't, Texas don't says, shout out to Racing Lou, home opener tomorrow at 8 against the Houston Dash. If you want discounted tickets, Hit up the Card Chronicle link. I put it on Twitter. I put it on Instagram. It's on the website as well. You can find it there. I did love that Roush tried to like be like, well, KSR is offering buy one, get one free tickets to Racing Lou. I'm like, well, they gave me the discount they gave. Didn't Racing, has Racing Lou had an offseason? I feel like they keep they played 24-7. They played like a preseason tournament. This is, they, they've, they just started the regular season last week. This, is their, like the, this is their first home game. Okay. I just feel like the, the, the last year's regular season just ended like a week ago, it felt like. I don't know. Maybe it's, just I don't notice it as much. Man, it's been a while. I, I, think, your, I think your last point is probably correct. Uh, <laughs> real quick before we get out of here. Yeah, I'm the one still waiting to go to the Eagles concert from last night. <laughs> we've got, there are th- actually three NHL Game 6s tonight. I'm excited about that. Ooh, we've yeah. got uh, two Game 6s in the NBA on the NBA side of, side of things. I think you and I, we split both of our picks last night. Yeah, I didn't. Th- well, no, I did t- I did tell you I picked the Suns, but I, would I warn you, they have been known to play down, and I could see them choking last night. So you were wrong, but you said something that was technically right. Uh, yes. There you go. Uh, Celtics on the road, taking on the Bucks. They Milwaukee leads the series 3-2. They are a one-point favorite to close this thing out tonight. Do they get the job done, Trevor Kelsey? Uh, they do if they don't actually want to give Marcus Smart as much ball as, as they've given him. I say Bucks win. I, th- I, think, I think it's a Bucks. good game, competitive game, fun game. Milwaukee w- le- finishes the series. Marcus Smart is a poor man's John Spar- John Starks. 10 o'clock, Grizz on the road, taking on the Warriors. Warriors lead 3-2. They're looking to close things out after getting humiliated on Wednesday night. Uh, is this series over tonight, Trey? Yeah, Warriors by 20. Warriors big. In fact, you know what? I'm going to bet the Warriors tonight on, on, on Sportsbook before we leave here. Tricks get whooped. It's yeah, over. it's just, yeah. The, the Warriors have just been toying with Memphis. Memphis is not a good basketball team, and the Warriors are. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. We're back Monday at 3 o'clock. We'll start giving away those Louder Than Life and Bourbon and Beyond tickets. Get ready for that. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah. And start figuring out which headliner you want to see. Always we'll the monkeys were there. See you guys Monday at 3 o'clock. Have a fantastic weekend. I would never miss a monkey's concert. I promise you that. Conversation. Oh, no, no, no.